Hello and welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting questions to interesting people. Today, we have Jason Daphnis. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm feeling much better now that you've called me an interesting person, Bob. (laughs) It's not common. It's It's not common. It's only coming up from here. Don't you worry. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, uh, I, I thank you for giving me the the low point on. We're starting on the low point of this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try my best. You know, this is all I can promise. Uh, but yes, this show, as uh, the name uh, so eloquently hints at, uh, is in, indeed a ninety-nine question interview. Uh, but we have a couple ground rules that I just want to lay out uh, at the beginning here. Uh, ground rule number one. Jason, take as much time or as little time as you need to answer a question. If a yes or a no suffices, give me a yes or a no. If if a story about your life helps us figure out this answer better, I want to hear that story. Okay, I got I got rule number one. Thank you. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, ground rule number two: There's nothing crazy in here. There's nothing political. There's nothing that's that's uh, nothing political. You know, Why am I even here? Oh boy! <laughs> they now I'll never get bought out by NPR. <laughs> oh no, my dream is shot. Um, but I say that meaning if you want to pass on a question, if a question just goes, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me, we'll pass. No issue, no problems. Great. And round rule number three: despite the name of the show being ninety-nine questions. There might be a superfluous one here and there. There might be a, a follow-up question. Some of these, uh, in terms of uh, proper English, are nowhere near a question. I just put a question mark at the end of a couple of words. Um, Bob, you've got a great career as a, as a writer ahead of you. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. Who needs them? Throw them out the window. Uh so, my first of those non-questions. Jason, are you ready? Pass. Oh, no. Oh, no. See? I figured it out. I know your oh, game. Oh, no. I have, <laughs> we have to just run the outro music yep. now. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thanks so much for having me on, Bob. I learned so much about you and about myself. You might argue that I learned more about myself. Uh, it, this is great. This is a great format. I can't, I can't wait for the next time I'm on. No. All right. Night, <laughs> no, <thank> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> bring, 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 bring them on, man. Bring them on. I've listened to right. one episode of your podcast uh, in full, and then a couple others partway through that I made it. So, I think I'm. I think I'm ready. I, not that I oh. memorized the questions. I'm not playing a game. Just ready. <laughs> I'm just ready. You're allowed to. You know, some of them might change. I might Time change them up, up on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do some tai chi for a second, if that's okay. Please. <laughs> We usually encourage the guests to to get centered as much as possible. Uh, um, I leave that on the editing room floor, though. <laughs> All right. Question number one. What is the perfect breakfast? Ooh, this one I remember. Um, but I did not devise a, an answer for it. I, <laughs> I will say I'm going to say the perfect breakfast. I'm going to make my own criteria for that and say that uh, it is a hash if you have uh, a meat or meat substitute that you're comfortable with um, and you do the prep of like chopping the potatoes and getting some good veggies, some greens, some oranges, some, some onions and such uh, it's just a complete package of a breakfast. I, I adore every hash that I've ever had and, uh, and it's always been worth the effort. 
I incredibly strong answer. Incredibly strong. I I will always say, especially being from New Jersey, a land of uh, a thousand diners, I think is our state motto. Um, I will always judge a diner or a breakfast restaurant of any sort by their corned beef hash. Uh-huh. If it is a if it is a nine out of ten, amazing. That whole diner menu is going to be a nine out of ten. It it works wow. out every time. And if you order a corned beef hash and you go, ugh, ugh, yeah, that whole everything's going to be, be shit. Yeah, 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 always. Uh, tell me, are you, I forget what it is, but there's some dichotomy between New Yorkers and New Jerseys, New Jerseyans, New Jerseyites, what, yeah, whatever they sure. call you people, um, is, I, it I is like usually por- you people. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> then I did it right. Didn't I? Um, yeah. the, what is it called? Like a pork roll or something like that? A ham roll? Oh, what is, yes. what is the thing that's called something different in different States? And like some New Jersey people get really upset about it. Yes. I am not one of those people. I think both are correct. Um, it's, it's like, you know, really, uh, splitting hairs on that kind of stuff. But yes, most of the rest of the world calls it pork roll. Um, there is a very small area of New York and Philadelphia that calls it Taylor ham. Taylor ham. Uh, that was it. Yep. Because it is, uh, actually the, the etymology behind it is there is a company called Taylor pork products that like, I don't know if they originally made it, but they popularized it at least a couple of years ago. Uh, And they were based out of like the New Jersey, Philadelphia area, and they made very strict rules on where they would ship their product. So it was only in that like tri-state, you know, some parts of New York, most of New Jersey, some parts of PA would get Taylor ham and everywhere else in the world. It would just be, you know, uh, Bill's brand pork roll or whatever the brand is. Right, right, right. Now, Um, for somebody who doesn't have an opinion about this, who leans neither one way nor the other, you seem to know a mm -hmm. lot about the history of it, Bob. Am I I detecting some inherent uh, bias there, or are you trying to mask it? Listen, I'm not the one on trial here, but... (laughs) Wait, I'm on trial? Jesus Christ! (laughs) Yes, I I have a gavel. I I don't know why I got this white poofy wig. I thought this would be appropriate. Um... (laughs) No, I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't lean one way or another. I know people have very strong opinions on it. I just know, I, I like knowing my facts. And that's, yeah. that's it all. Tastes, it tastes good. That's what matters to me. It tastes so good. You throw that on a nice bagel or a Kaiser roll. Oh, <laughs> got to crack an egg on that bad boy. You can't beat it. Can't meal. beat it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, but yes, that was a long way to go to say. And question two. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question two. Who's the coolest dude? Ah, uh, coolest dude. Um, I think it was, was it Blake Hester who called his dog the coolest dude? Uh, I b- believe so, yes. I, or, I forget or at which least, of your guests, yeah. Uh, there was, I believe Caldwell Tanner actually said his dog, Blake Hester thought about it and then oh. uh, picked someone else. Okay. If, if okay. memory serves, I, that I'm, shows my I'm, critical listening skills in action. Um, I I've devoted all of my memory to uh, ham and pork product knowledge. <laughs> uh, my own show is is out the window. It'll serve you well at your future career as a copywriter at Hormel. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I'm going to be the second one to say that my dog is a pretty cool guy. He and I mm. met uh, back in 2016, and it's just been a ride since then. He was the most scared little guy in the world. I still don't know how old he is or what breeds he is, but he's uh, wow. he's a he's a good, really good guy. Um, and and a pretty cool fella. I mean, I have should I feel like I should have a disclaimer here. I have human friends, um, but 
uh, I cannot call them as consistently cool as as little Abel. Oh, that's a good name. I, I was going to ask. I, we got to know the name at that point. He's, uh, I didn't give him that name. Actually, he was surrendered with what they called his brother, but I think it was his father because it just like looked two two different uh, age groups. But anyway, um, his brother's name was Cain. So it was Cain and Abel. They were surrendered at the same time, and uh, and I adopted uh, just Abe because I was living in a studio apartment at that time. Didn't really have the resources to have more than one dog at the time, but God help me, I would have if I did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, question three, steak, chicken, or fish? Chicken. Nothing further. Just chicken. Ooh, definitive gavel dropped. I like mm-hmm. That. Uh, question four, what's the best gift you've ever gotten? Ooh, uh, now that is an actually really good one. Um, you know, I'm, I, I found myself better at gift giving than gift getting because then I forget who gave me things at times. Mm. Um, uh, and that serves me well right now and right here. Um, I will say a recent, maybe not best ever, just because that's probably short shrifting a lot of people in my life, but um, a, a really good recent one. So I host another podcast about movies uh, that play up here in Minneapolis, and um, and and I have a friend named Emily who now works with me. Actually, hello, Emily. I don't I don't know that she listens to too many podcasts, but uh, she made us, uh, me and my fellow podcast hosts. Um, little notebooks uh we we take notes during movies that we watch and she made us little notebooks uh with her own graphic design skills um and they're super well branded they're really slick you would think that they're like an official product or at least like something that's sold in an art supply store they look really nice and she totally didn't have to she did not um she didn't uh you know announce that she was doing this she just thought that it'd be a really nice thing to do it for us fellas and uh, and it really was i i still use that thing to take notes about movies um and that is uh that was a couple years back, but yeah, I'll call that. I'll give that as my answer. Uh, that's incredible. Absolutely. Uh, but you, you hinted at it already. Question five, best gift you've ever given. Ooh, okay. So I have two of those. Um, my, uh, so back when I was in the early stages of a previous relationship, me and my partner, um, would, you know, we'd do the cute thing where we make, uh, playlists for each other and we got into kind of a groove with it. This was back when like CDRs were still a thing back in, I don't know, 2013, 14, whenever I was in a relationship, in that relationship, but we got mm-hmm. to like the, I want to say six month, maybe a year mark. And, um, and I found out that the car I was driving, which was at the time my mom's, um, uh, would display the name of any song that you had on there, including CDR songs. Like if you burned a song to a CD, it would play the artist and title on that little display. You know, this was something that I wasn't used to because this car was like a 2008 car. Everything previous that had been nineties. So I didn't know that the technology existed when I discovered that. And I discovered that you could like manipulate it that way. I put mm-hmm. together a playlist of songs that I knew we both loved and that I was going to show my partner. And, uh, and I, so I sat them down in the car. We, you know, had a nice date or whatever we did that night, got back home and, um, and I turned on the radio and I'm like, Hey, let's just listen to this playlist. And we just listened through and you know, they weren't really paying attention. They weren't really paying attention. We were just talking. Eventually their eyes darted to the screen and I had put in just like nice phrases and inside jokes as song titles so that it was displaying them in front of us. Brilliant. Uh, and I got to say that like, I'll never be able to do that one again now that I've, especially now that I've broadcast it to all like what million <laughs> five of your subscribers. Um, but, uh, I, I'm really pretty proud of that one. Um, and then more recently I gave my friend uh, and fellow podcast host, uh, Harry Mackin, he is a writer and he occasionally writes about video games. Um, 
and I gave him a printed out copy. I might have infringed on copyright law by doing this, so I apologize to Stu Hor- Horvath, EIC of Unwinnable. Uh, but they're a digital publication, and so I got a, a designer friend of mine to print this out and print it as if it was like a real magazine, like a real um, physical magazine, because I asked him what his favorite article he'd ever written for this publication was, and uh, and I just like seeded it throughout the year, and then eventually got it printed, and it like it looks really snazzy. Um, and I gave that to him for I think it was uh, Christmas last year, but yeah, uh, really. Really pretty proud, of, pretty proud of that one, too, because it was just like something that wouldn't have meant anything to anybody else. But that because he knows uh, because we both know what a big deal that is for him. Um, it just meant a lot like for me to be able to give and for him to be able to receive, I hope. Uh, yes, 100 percent. That is so uh, such a heartfelt thing. Yes. Can you tell that I came with two of those chambered? I was really fucking <laughs> proud of those ones. <laughs> it would be great if the first one was so heartfelt and the second one was like. I don't know, like a secret Santa gift card to Panera Bread or something. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you about the time that uh, probably my best friend in the world, his name is Seth, and he lived uh, until recently in in, uh, New Jersey, actually, um, over in Hoboken. Yeah, yeah, good man. Uh, He is moving here, actually, to Minneapolis uh, later this fall. But he, um, I, for his birthday, I bought his name as a domain on Google Domains and then redirected it to a cartoon bag of shit on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And shared it to his Facebook page for all of his friends and family to see and to have on their uh, browsing history. Uh, that I'm pretty. That one was. I gotta say that's that's a good pull the rug out from under him moment. Uh, oh, highest of highs and lowest of lows right there. That's a great <laughs> one. All right, question six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? I really wanted to be Indiana Jones. Um, I really wanted to be an archaeologist, but not like the kind who's in a lab all the time, just the kind who's sort of, I mean, it's, it's heavily problematic today, but I wanted to be able to sort of travel the world, discover uh, unseen artifacts and such. I just wanted, like, I watched a lot of Indiana Jones as a kid, and I really, really wanted to do that as a career. I knew that it wouldn't pay much. I knew there'd be a lot of school. Uh, And then, of course, as reality starts to set in, you're like, man, that doesn't pay much, man. That would mean a lot of school. Uh, and my my bravery started to wane around, I don't know, my late teenage years. But that belongs in a museum. <laughs> my my desire, my will to be an archaeologist belongs in a museum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, question seven. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? Ooh. Hmm. Uh... I've seen a lot of big dogs. I've owned a lot of big dogs and known a lot of big dogs. And that's where my mind goes first is because I sort of know their psychology. I feel like I'm in their heads a little bit Mm, that I could maybe fake them out, you know, that I could watch uh, the game tapes. Yeah, (laughs) I've seen the playback and John Madden has gone with through with me and he's like, if you get (laughs) to their legs, you can break them like a wishbone and then they're done. Uh, No, I want to say like maybe a midsize dog, maybe like a teenage Labrador, anything with hooves, anything with like um incredible like balance and reflexes or just overwhelming mass absolutely out uh but something that i know well enough to be like okay i know how far this dog can bend before it breaks i know how to pretzel him i know how to like at least get him away from me long enough that i can regroup i feel like a mid-sized dog i like teenage labrador not only because it's my favorite weedus song uh (laughs) but because it's a very good answer uh Question number eight. Who's someone you look up to? Ooh. I 
I look up to you, Babu. Oh my gosh. Um, it's I'm happening. blushing. <laughs> I, you know, I, um, that's a tough one. Uh, it's been a long while since I had like a real role model in my life. I think, I mean, hmm. my friends daily are, are people who, uh, you know, inspire me to do my best and be, be my best and, you know, stay positive and stuff. But aside from that, um, like somebody that I model myself after, uh, it's been a long time. My, I think my grandfather, I'm starting to realize that my grandparents are probably not that great of people as you start to have realizations like this in your twenties where you're like, eh, they've got really like not great opinions. Um, but my grandfather, as far as he's ever treated our family, I mean, watch him come out as like he served in the SS in 1930 or whatever after this episode airs. But, uh, he, I feel like he's always treated everybody I've ever known him to be around with respect and just like being a man of your word, all that, like, uh, toxic masculinity shit, I feel like has always come out in a really positive way with him. Um, yeah. so I'll, I'll say I've looked up to my grandfather for a long time, but, uh, not in the last few years, just, just because, excuse me, I haven't lived near family. I haven't really been that close in touch with them recently. Yeah, Sorry to turn totally sad on that sense. one, but yeah. Hey, this podcast gets real, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. We're 20 minutes in, and it's only going to get more real from here. Can't stand the heat? Uh, leave Zancaster. <laughs> that's how the phrase goes, baby. <laughs> uh, question nine. Now, I got to say, I am very interested in this little block here. This and an upcoming block of questions, because I try Uh-oh. to divvy them out into, into category. And we're, we're approaching the music category here. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if people have noticed that over the last... Uh, insert episode number here number of episodes <laughs> um but yeah I, I try to you know i put some thought into the, how how this builds um but right now we're into the music block number nine what's the first album you bought with your own money oh that one's going to be really tough because i remember the first cd i ever bought but i'm almost certain i owned um multiple vinyls before then i was Ooh. i was kind of like what 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 people called an old hearted kid when I was young, I owned like mm-hmm. typewriters and, you know, old vintage ephemera and, you know, record players and shit. Um, the first LP I can remember buying was, um, uh, one of the beat. It was, I think it was, I want to say it was Sergeant Peppers, uh, because I found it at a Goodwill and I was like, Oh, my mom likes the Beatles. And you know, she raised us on the Beatles. Uh, yeah. so I, I, and it was like 75 cents in the bin and there were like a bunch others that I bought like the day later. But I want to say that was the first piece of music I owned, but it wasn't like mine. My mom let me play it and have it. Cause she didn't like, she wasn't super into record players at the time, but, um, mm. my like actual answer as far as music that I wanted for myself and bought for myself and really discovered was, uh, <laughs> Uh, Weezer's Green album. I bought that at a hey, garage sale yeah. as well. Yeah, okay. it was it was like a dollar. I bought it at the same time as Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins, and then I never mm-hmm. listened to that album at all. <laughs> I was like, well, it's got such a good cover, you can't even open it. Do- it. Like at, it's- I, exactly, it's it's a double album on CD. I didn't know that was a thing back in two thousand three or whenever I bought this thing. Uh, and uh, I I think that's the most important way to answer that question because I learned a lot of what I know or at least a lot of my musical tendencies came from Weezer's green album. Like it was the first album I played back to back on an instrument. Like I could play along with it. And I like really like, I would put it on my crappy old MP3 player after ripping it to my mom's computer and then just listen to it all the time, you know, sort of obsessively. So that's the one that sticks out. It might not be the absolute first piece of music I owned, but it's the one that matters, you know, that's 
fantastic. What a, what a, what a strong two between Sgt. Pepper's and uh, Green Album. Like, yeah, those are both great. on Rolling Stone's top ten of all time. Yeah, is really that Weezer album's in the top ten? <laughs> is that no? You're it's, joking. It is. Dang. It is not. Bob, I've you gotta keep goofed. up. Gotta. I done goofed. <laughs> I don't know if it's even like, I don't think it's on anybody's podcast. I fell hook, line, and sinker for that. I was so convinced. I was like, wow. Wow. I I know sometimes Rolling Stone's a little off base, but holy cow. (laughs) I didn't know I was that good a liar. I'll have to be a a little more straight from now on. Uh, I done gone goofed on my own show. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, That is the best of us. Question 10. What's your go-to karaoke song? You know, I have never actually sung karaoke. Uh, oh. I was berated for that after I visited Japan again with my friend Seth and uh, and members of his family earlier this year, and I did not get to do karaoke while I was there. Uh, sort of oh. the plans plans took us to other parts of the city at different times, and it just never aligned, which I regret. But you know, it wasn't one of my bucket list things. Um, I I uh, I will say a song that always gets me singing along is um, "Up on Cripple Creek" by the band. Uh, mm-hmm. that is just a really good Southern twangy boppy song. Um, my roommate and friend and podcast host or fellow podcast, uh, guest, I guess, I don't know what you call him. Co-host. Uh, <laughs> he, he calls, um, the song Ophelia, perhaps the first ska song. It's by the same band, the band. Uh, and I feel like a lot of those same, um, energies flow through into up on cripple Creek where it's just very like, Rhythm driven, easy going, and super easy to sing in the shower. I feel like if a karaoke machine had that on it, I would be all over it, sober or drunk. Perfect. Oh, that's a, that's a, a great. Now I got to listen back to Ophelia with a, a ska mind. Right. Just my, it, if if you can remove like the offbeat rhythm, everything else is there. You got the horns, you got the backbeat, you got the bass. It's good. It's really good. There is that part in the middle where they just yell, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It does tie it together really nicely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question 11. What's the last song you listened to? Oh, that is a really fun question that I think I can answer if I just open uh, Spotify right mm. now. I am not stalling. I am <laughs> only giving you a sincere answer. Uh, Cameo Lover by Kimbra. Um, I don't really know the artist that well, uh, but I keep seeing her on various, like, you know how Spotify would tell you what friends uh, are listening to? Yeah. Um, Do you have friends, Bob? Does that happen to you? Well, you know, uh, once or twice I I have had (laughs) friends. (laughs) Excellent. Good to know. Uh, well, don't worry about that in the future. It's not as big a deal as you think it is. Uh, the, but Kimbra, I, uh, it's the song, I think it's Nobody But You, um, is just a really, really funky song. If a song has a really strong four-on-the-floor beat and just like disco funk vibes, it's really easy to get me into it. And this one, or rather that song, Nobody But You, has a really, really good version of that. Um, so I, I saw one of my friends listening to that, decided to jump in and listen as well. And I've just been kind of jamming on her for the past couple of weeks. Uh, so yeah, Cameo Lover by Kimbra. Very cool. Uh, question number 12. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? Ooh, if you had asked me three weeks ago, I would have given you the answer of My Morning Jacket. Um, I got into them in like, excuse me, I'm, I'm 
about this is gross, but I just had dinner and I've been drinking a little bit of water and coffee so that I don't appear too sluggish on this podcast. Uh, stimulants, everybody, they work. Uh, but they just released sponsored by stimulants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get them anywhere. Um, the, yep. the, the the band my Chem- or my chemical romance. My brain is broken. My chemical my morning jacket. jacket. My chemical <laughs> jacket. It burns. Uh, the, my morning jacket just released an album called The Waterfall Two. It is a follow up to their twenty. I want to say fifteen album, The Waterfall. Uh, so I would have told you like I really want to hear more from them because I got really into them just before that last album released and I wanted more and more. Um, but now I have it. I have what ten, eleven more songs. So I'm gonna say the band uh, Telly Hall. Most people who know me and know my musical tastes know that this is a band I've listened to since like, oh, 05, 04, something like that. Before I was really old enough to use the internet, I was on Albino Black Sheep and discovered this band. Mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, they're, they're a weird, wonky sort of pop rock outfit from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they stopped making music in, I think, 2012. Uh, they sort of disbanded and various... Actually, the point of reference here is, do you know the uh, meme, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf? Uh, is this, is this, is this going? Wow, Bob, you might be the only person I've ever spoken to who doesn't know this. Anyway, it's just a really popular uh, song that somebody that a guy put together about you being uh, trapped alone in the woods with a cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Uh, and you know, you get caught in a bear trap and you have to gnaw off your leg to get away from him, but it doesn't work because he's immortal. It's just nonsense, right? It's just goofy, like 2007, 2009 era internet nonsense. And Mm -hmm. he, um, that the guy who created that, uh, and orchestrated the whole thing is, is a member of this band that I'm talking about, Tally Hall. So they're on Spotify. Uh, both of their albums are, are on Spotify. Check them out. Uh, they're really, I really enjoy all of their music. They're some of it again a lot of these questions are getting into who I was as like a 13 and 14 year old, uh, fairly problematic. Um, Hmm. and so just keep, keep the, uh, keep that sort of level of understanding as you're listening to the music that, you know, they will do impressions that are not appropriate for them to be doing. Um, they're probably singing about some topics that are not quite, if, if you have an appetite for just like interestingly composed, but catchy pop music, that's it. But, uh, you know, give them a spin. There you go. I like that. Yeah, anybody who had skits on an album are probably regretting those skits. Yeah, they're probably heavily <laughs> racist now. today, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I truly cannot think of one that I would want to play with a clean conscience today. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but um, question 13. Uh, what's a song that brings the most emotion out of you? Hmm. Um. You know, this is probably probably the last time I came close to crying anyway was listening to the song uh, Sleep in the Heat by Pup. I, uh, mm-hmm. It's a song about, you know, on the surface, it's about like losing a loved one, losing a friend. Um, but when you dig down into the lyrics, it's about the lead singers. Uh, he had to put his pet, I think it was his pet iguana uh down because of like an intense touring schedule. He adopted him when he was old, just like natural things. Yeah. Um, and every time that I, and I got, and I had this song released in 2016, I think around the time that I got my dog Abel. So then I started listening to it. And I'm like, man, what would I do if my dog died? Like my, the first dog I've ever owned on my own, what would I do if he died? I would probably just like cry and cry and cry. Uh, and that like, whenever I even think about crying about my dead dog, I want to cry about my dead dog, even though he's like, he's probably got a good few years left in him. Uh, <laughs> that, that like, 
it's it's not an outwardly sad song you know it's fast it's a punk song it's just very it just gets very loud clearly they were very much in their feelings while making it and yeah. uh and it's just really if you've ever lost a close pet particularly it's really quite a gut punch wow all right i might have to avoid that one but <laughs> is that a, is that a sore subject no i mean not a, not recently anything but it's the thing that stops me from getting new pets because oh, I, I go 110% into any animal I ever yeah. own. Yeah, it's man. Just, it is exactly that. Like It oof. is rough. It's hard. It's hard. But, uh, you know, I've always found it worth it to find another pet, find another pal, uh, you know, yeah. divert some of that some of that love. That's very true. Uh, question 14. What's your favorite music video? Hmm. Uh, you know, I listened, I watched a lot more music videos. This is not answering the question. I watched, I watched a lot more music video. I'm just trying to get your, um, like episode length up because I know that iTunes is like, Hey, this is content. Uh, no, no. That's how algorithms um, work. That is how <laughs> algorithms work. Uh, Steve Jobs laughs from the grave. Uh, Steve Jobs <laughs> is the one who's dead, right? It's not Tim uh, Cook. I don't remember them. But Tim Cook, is he the guy who does the baked bean commercial? That's a different <laughs> cook. No, that's a dog. Bob, that's a oh. dog. <laughs> See, if I had friends, I could figure these out, but this is confusing. <laughs> if I had friends or cable TV or if I didn't have ad block. Uh, no, the, um, uh, I, 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 oh, music video. Yes. Yes. Um, the one I'm thinking of right now is Ben Fold's uh, You Don't Know Me. It is, oh, yeah. it's featuring, I don't know if you know the song, but it's re- featuring Regina Spector. It's a really catchy, good, pretty minimally, uh, like, produced song so it's just really interesting to hear all the parts come together but the music video is directed by uh tim heidecker and eric wareheim of tim and eric awesome show great job no way yeah and and so it it plays out exactly like a skit of theirs where you know there's (laughs) lasers coming from people's eyes and cats exploding and all that nonsense it's from i don't know 2008 or 9 or whatever so it's definitely that era of humor but it's kind of a fun like inversion of back in the uh late aughts when people were when most artists were like every music video should tell a story we should have like characters and a narrative that's playing alongside the music or like completely divorced from it and this is just hey isn't doesn't this look funny doesn't this look absurd uh and it's it's a classic in my mind um uh and it's just a really good song if you ever want to check out that album way to normal i'm shilling for a lot of musical artists on this episode holy crap it's perfect it's perfect (laughs) Regina Spector is going to have to pay us, uh, I don't know, 15 bucks, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how podcasts work. Uh, question 15. You've got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? I was just talking to my roommate about charities in here in Minnesota. I think Trans Lifeline is one that um, is based. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it's based here or not, but I know that it is uh, quite heavily used. Um uh, up up here and quite heavily, I won't say promoted or you know advertised or anything, but I, I seem to see a lot of it. it. Might just be the circles I I float in, uh, and that is my go to um, when I uh, you know of course I don't think I need to tell anybody, but a lot of things happened at the beginning of June and end of May here in Minneapolis. So uh, a lot of there's been a huge outpouring of support for local businesses and marginalized communities. Uh, it's really hard to say that there's, there's one charity that really needs it the most. Uh, out of yeah. those so you know evergreen answer trans lifeline i just think that like the work that they do around the nation is uh is really essential um 
and like part of literally the future of our country and then the humans who inhabit it. Uh, so that's, that's my answer. A million to Trans Lifeline. I expect to see the uh, deposit soon. Uh, yes, I will Venmo you that uh, immediately <laughs> upon answering the 99th question. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my finger hovering over the send million dollar button. <laughs> Can you just put like a little rainbow and a poop emoji in the notes? <laughs> That's all I ever do anyway. I mean, <laughs> if I'm just paying someone back for some sushi lunch we got. It's going to probably be a poop emoji anyway. So, <laughs> All right. Question 16. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? Pass. Ooh. I don't have a great reason for that. I just can't come up with one. <laughs> and I like it. I like it. You got to keep them wanting more. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I got to I got to deploy these strategically. uh 17 what's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop small black coffee uh whatever lightest roast they have i don't drink many coffee drinks or caffeinated drinks for like the taste Mm. Uh, i've never really liked the taste of coffee you know kids when they grow up tend to say like ah you get used to it or whatever i still don't like the taste of coffee i've been drinking it for you know 12 years or whatever ever since i you know was starting to get out of high school uh, no, I, I drink it as a utility. Um, so whenever I drink coffee, it's light roast and just a small amount usually gets me by. Perfect. Uh, uh, cream, sugar, milk, anything? Naked. Buck naked, Bob B. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> 18. Spell the word gray. G-R-A-Y. Uh, that is, I think, a Minnesota or not Minnesotan, Midwestern thing, I want to say. Uh, it's, I want to say. I wish I had an old copy of this is the first and last time I'm ever going to say this. Wish I had an old copy of Harry Potter in front of me because whatever the word, like the word that I associate with gray most often is the gray lady, the character from that book, you know, former headmistress of Gryffindor or whatever character she was. And I don't remember how, if they localized it to the American spelling in, in the U S when it was published or if they kept the original British. I don't remember. Uh, I think they actually changed it from gray lady to philosopher's stone. Uh, <laughs> a little subtle thing they changed. They added there. a U to the word color, and that's just about <laughs> all that changed. That's it. Uh, 19, what's your prized possession? My most prized possession. You know, I buy too much crap to put any like real like emotional value into it. It's probably a gift of some kind in actuality, but like what I'm thinking of right now, just looking around me uh, very recently, well, a long time ago, like five years ago, I bought a, the most annoying instrument you can imagine. And no, it's not a theremin. It is a banjo ukulele. It's called a banjo lele. It is the size and shape of a ukulele roughly, but with the parts more or less of a banjo. So it sounds kind of plucky, really, really loud. Yeah. Uh, And I bought it at a garage sale. It's like 100 years old, literally. I looked it up. It's like a 1921 instrument. uh, And it needed a lot of love. Like, everything was broken about it. And I bought it, and I was not in a position where I could really, like, fix it up. But I always kept it as a pet project. Over quarantine, now that we're, of course, locked down due to the COVID-19 health pandemic. Sorry to date your episode way too much, Bob. Uh, But I found the time to go back to it. And I now have the resources and the funds to be able to buy the right parts. So... I went ahead and uh, refurbished that over the last couple of weeks, and it sounds fairly good. Uh, I'm really proud of how much effort I put into that. It's a small thing, not anything that like will probably ever be public to the world. It's not like I can hold up and say, hey, I did thing. But uh, I'm right now, like as far as the amount of, I, I guess when I think about what's prized to me, I think 
what amount of effort I put into it versus how much I get out of it. And I play that thing every day and I worked on it for like two weeks. So, uh, that's a, oh. it's, it's a pretty good ratio. If you ask me hundred percent. Yes. They, they hear your glory shining through that banjo lately. Uh, <laughs> if only because it's so annoyingly loud. <laughs> uh, 20. Are you competitive? Uh, I don't think highly enough of myself to find myself competitive. Um, I think I'm more like demonically jealous of people. I think mm. that when I see success in somebody else, you know, somebody of roughly my caliber of writing skill appears on Twitter and says, Hey, I just landed a great gig. My dream gig is, you know, weekend editor of blank or I'm doing social media for blank. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Why? Like, fuck. Uh, I mean, obviously very happy for that. I don't know many of these people. I just tend to follow them on Twitter because they're, you know, interesting people. Uh, you yeah. should have a few of them on your show if you haven't already. Um, but they, uh, I think that it manifests in like a more negative way than anything for me to be competitive. So I try not to be actually like, I try to suppress that urge and just like stay in my lane about a lot of things. Um, I used to be pretty competitive in, in high school, but I didn't have anybody to measure myself by because I was homeschooled. So it was just, Hey, am I better than my brother at this thing? Yep. Okay. You're the best in the class. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. I think that's a, a smart competitiveness though i think that's a totally healthy way to, to yeah you want to like limit right or else you it consumes you a little bit like yeah. you become you become daniel plainview from there will be blood like exactly. you just start to crave oil in your teeth yeah <laughs> uh 21 do you consider golf a sport yeah absolutely not um Full offense to my boss. No, that that was mean. Uh, <laughs> I, I I currently work at an at a marketing agency that has a few um, clients in the golf space, uh, mm -hmm. and you know while it's not the most, I, I guess the thing that I enjoy about agency life is that I can write about different things and talk about different things different days. Uh, but golf has just never stuck with me. I've tried playing it. I I've done uh, putt putt, and that's enjoyable enough. But actual golf does not. It it's not. It's familiarity based to me, not like skill. It's just repetition, sort of. So that's my that's my take. Hundred percent agree with you. Uh, really? Okay, I'll be listening yeah. to every episode of Ninety Nine Questions beyond this to see how you answer or respond to people's questions. Because if somebody else is like, "Man, yeah, it's, it's the best board in the world," takes so much mental concentration and so much physical prowess, and then you're gonna be like, "I will hundred percent agree, Steve," and I'm gonna be like, "Bob, oh. fuck you." You're you're not gonna find a hypocrite out of me. I can I can assure you of that. <laughs> I berate Excellent. them for five minutes and then occasionally edit it down. <laughs> occasionally. Uh, occasionally. There's a couple episodes. <laughs> when I, I don't I really scream... let loose my, my best zingers, I just, I, I cut those ones out. <laughs> I screamed at Riley and Spa for nine and a half minutes. It was intense. <laughs> uh, 22. Have you ever played any sports? Yeah, I used to play uh, just like kids soccer with the community. I used to play... Uh, t-ball for like i don't know a couple of weeks before i got bored we were in a small form of gymnastics as kids um never did football or flag football or any of those variations um i'm trying to think none of them really stuck stuck with me uh mm. if you can't tell i i'm not much of a sporting kind you know i can get behind recreational playing but uh no i i, I now i don't i used to play a myriad i guess nice uh, 23 favorite sport to watch. Hmm. 
Quidditch. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> don't don't let that be my answer. Please bleep that out. Put a really like obscene uh, insinuation there. I'm gonna put uh, a rap skit from 2004 in there. <laughs> <laughs> I can send you a tally hall track if you really want to. Um, the I I really enjoy I. If only by community, I've really started to enjoy uh, when, um, like rink based sports are on. You know, hockey and uh, 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 I forget the term, but basically the, the ice dancing. What was that called? Um, like figure oh, skating. Like figure, figure skating. skating. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Figure skating. Uh, just because it's one of those. I mean, it's classically one of those sports that you can look at, have no idea how much effort goes into it, and then feel like you know what's going on, and feel like you can, you know, commentate qualitatively on it. Yeah. Uh, and you cannot, you never can, um, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> it always, and, you know, it is always great when you watch that for like five minutes and you go, what do you mean? That was a seven out of 10. As that was a complete you know, triple axle. Yeah. <laughs> As if you have any clue what's happening <laughs> on the ice. But by the end you're screaming at like, Oh, that judge from Finland. What does he know? <laughs> this is not how I Tanya went. Uh, no, I, I and it's mostly just community. Like I could sit around watching a sport, even a sport that I don't like. I could sit around watching a sport with with people who do and kind of get into it. I've been to like big soccer games. I've been to basketball games, the football games uh, that like I have no personal interest in or stake in the actual game. But being around people who do tends to I tend to get swept up in it sometimes. Nice. Uh, Twenty four theme parks. Nah. Not not like not like a wholehearted no. I've been to uh, Cedar Point a good few times, mm-hmm. and maybe a couple other amusement parks here and there. There's one up here that I haven't been to. I think it's called Valley Fair. I don't know if I'll ever get to see that one place. That place just because of how things are going in the world. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if 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 we're presented with options of what do you want to do this summer, and it's like, you know, a week of fishing or go to the amusement park for a day. It's like, I'll, I'll take the fishing. I just don't really prefer them. I've been to him. I've had my fun and I feel like that's as much fun as I'm going to have. Nice. Yeah. To, to, to extremely date my podcast, uh, literally tomorrow I will be going on a fishing trip, uh, for the whole day from eight to five. I'm on a pontoon Ooh. boat out on the bay, uh, here in, uh, beautiful New Jersey. And Oh my God, I cannot wait. I need to just be in nature. And not... Are you are you going by yourself or do you have family and friends? I uh, got a couple of friends coming. I I got a ten nice. person boat and then realized like that's too many people in close quarters, <laughs> even if it yeah. is outside. Uh, so you. it's got to be four strong uh, and and uh, got a cooler full of uh, who knows what kind of beverages are in that. Uh, yeah. uh, certainly the uh, state police on the water doesn't need to know. And uh, we're just gonna <laughs> enjoy our day. <laughs> do you have like liquid nitrogen and and moonshine what are you drinking yes we found i found that one copy of fight club that actually says the correct ingredients on how to make nitroglycerin uh and we're gonna go off of that great i am so happy for you i that's i i i just got my minnesota fishing license and i think it's any body of water that's public you're allowed to fish in i just need to like get my rod together (laughs) i need to get my rod together and and just go do it you know like i need to get the bait i need to get the rod and i need to just go do it now uh, but I haven't fished for a good few years. It's one of my, it was my, one of my favorite pastimes in uh, in high school. Just so relaxing. That's, uh, it is. Oh. It's meditative. Yeah. Uh, Twenty five dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. Uh, you're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine year olds 
a random mix of boys and girls are coming down to the ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds can you beat in that fight? I'll... Okay, so the first three are pretty kind of gimmies, just like pa pa pa. They're they're gone. Yeah. They're out because you're at your peak and they don't know what you can do yet. Mm-hmm. But you can pretty much predict. It. I think eventually they'd learn. Though I want to. I'm going to say I could comfortably take out, and I, I'm defining take out as like remove them from the ring. Uh, yeah, that counts. <laughs> Royal Rumble gonna... style. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to you know merc them there on the on the mat. Yes, uh, exactly. I w- I'm going to say I could take down seven before it starts to get pretty, pretty dicey in there. Mm, okay. And, uh, and quote me on that to your local group of a dozen nine year olds, I guess. <laughs> Just drive by a playground. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know what Daphne's is saying about you? <laughs> uh, 26. What is a game you know you can win? Bob, I don't know that there is one. I know I can win. Uh, I okay. now are you now competitively like against another human, or are you? Is this as vague as as you want it to be? I I left it purposefully vague. Uh, the thing I usually um, throw out here is like the the stereotypical uh, you know devil went down to insert state here, and your soul is <laughs> on the line unless you beat him in a game Ooh. of blank and this could be okay. as simple as tic-tac-toe it could be as complicated as like i don't know last of us multiplayer who knows like uh, oh wow well um i'm pretty sure i could beat him at uh mississippi queen by mountain on medium in guitar hero <laughs> was that two or three <laughs> yeah. hey i get to set the rules here <laughs> hey absolutely i love that it's on medium too <laughs> Hey, it's the been, devil's it's like, oh, I, I never trained with my pinky. I never played orange. <laughs> <laughs> I never got really good at this. This is unfair. This is unfair. And I'm just smiling above him. Oh, man. Perfect. Uh, 27. What topic can you discuss the most? I could talk about uh, Luigi's Mansion for a long time. That that and Pikmin were huge parts of my... We were kind of a Nintendo household. Uh, not completely partisan, but like we prioritized it whenever we got new consoles or new games or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of time sunk into... Especially the first Luigi's Mansion game. I could talk for a long time about that. I've thought before about like uh, starting podcasts about games that we can just talk about for a long time, but I realized the internet is flooded with those and it would just be for our edification. And it's like... How many more podcasts can I do just for me? <laughs> Fair. There are a lot of good boo puns in that first Luigi's Mansion, though. They knocked yeah, those ga- out of the, the park. The Game Boo Advance, the Game Boo mm-hmm. Color, yeah. Boo Diddly, I think, in there somewhere. <laughs> boo Diddly, I forgot that one. <laughs> um, 28, favorite place you visited? It's stereotypical uh, and probably recency bias, but I mentioned that I went to Japan in Japan in January. Uh, mm. That that could have been a, a more breathing room type trip. We had a little more than two weeks there, which is you know a long time anywhere. But um, when we were seeing most of Japan, like we went on the Shinkansen, the bullet train, all the way west to Hiroshima and then back. Uh, I feel like I could go there again and and have just equally as good an experience. Um, I've been to. I've been unnaturally lucky in that I've been able to um, 
see a lot of Europe too. Uh, as a kid, my mom just sort of saved and uh, and put a lot of effort and resources toward getting us kids to see Europe. My dad is full-blooded Greek, so she wanted us to see where he came from and like get that perspective on the world. Uh, so I've I've been to a lot of the major cities in in Western Europe, and uh, and all respect to them. I got to say, for being like a place where I can just go and be completely alone and get by and enjoy it, Japan almost any part of Japan that I've been to. And frankly, any part I haven't been, I think, I think I could at least survive if not thrive. Wow. You know what? I think Japan comes up overwhelmingly. The, the answer I hear the most for that question. And it really? makes me so insanely jealous because I've wanted to go for so many years. Um, yeah. I, 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 I hate to like proselytize too much to be <laughs> like, Hey man, you should go because like maybe not everybody has the resources to go. Maybe not everybody has that time or, you know, there are limitations, but if you ever, if it ever comes down to the simple question of, do I do this or do I do X thing? And it's like, X thing is, you know, important, but not life altering yeah. do the Japan. Um, you know, there was, there was a time like late last year where I was like, am I, cause we bought the tickets super early, like last summer, uh, and then come fall time, I was like, am I really going to do that? That's a big thing. Like, am I ready for international travel after so many years of not? And then I was like, fuck yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, you know, 20, I was 26 at the time and I'm not going to let that stop me. Just like some interior nonsense, like in my headedness about it. Uh, yeah. so if, if it ever, if, if you're ever in the privileged position to, not have like a physical limitation or monetary limitation keeping you from being in Japan, be in Japan. I, yeah, I, I, I concur and I shall one day, one day, one day we'll get there. Uh, 29. What's your catchphrase? I found myself saying the phrase, it's just the funniest fucking thing a lot. <laughs> Like I'll, I'll mention, you know, Bob asked this question and it got me talking about Weezer and it was just the funniest fucking thing. And like, and it's a phrase that once I start noticing myself hearing it, I'm like, I don't hear that anywhere. I don't know where I picked that up. If I just say it as a space filler to like, so that there's not, you know, because if I stopped the sentence with, I was, you know, Bob got asked me about music and I got talking about Weezer and then it's like not cool. That's funny. I feel like I need to fill the the dead air with something and prompt like a laugh. I don't know. It's it's a nervous tick more than anything at this point. I don't know how many times I've done it on this podcast, if at all. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's about as close as I have uh, of a thing to it to a catchphrase right now. Um, otherwise, like man, uh, I say sometimes, and I've said that since I was a kid. Again, like. I went all in on the retro like stoner vibe as a kid. <laughs> I would just call everybody man. My brother and sisters were calling everybody dude and I was calling everybody man. And I still, I still kind of do. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a long way to answer your question, but the funniest fucking thing or the blankiest fucking thing. If it's like, uh, you know, uh, adjective E thing, uh, just to really drive it home, I guess. I love it. And, and, uh, I will find out how many times this has been said on the show. I will have a Eek. tally going. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's the scariest fucking thing. <laughs> At least one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna double check. Uh, 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you've ever worn? Harry Potter. It was a slam dunk. I look like oh. him or I did when I was a kid. And I, it was a really easy costume. Just buy the scarf and put the tape on the glasses and you're there. Yeah. Did you do the little uh, the scar and the whole deal or We we did. We had uh just light makeup to put it right in the, you know, dead center of the head, not the movie version, the book version. Dead oh, center yeah. of the head. Uh and you know, we had 
some plain black robe hanging around. And uh, I actually went to, I forget which one it was, but one of the premieres of the, the one of those last few films uh, as Harry Potter. And I got oh, like, wow. a sta- like a standing ovation from the people waiting in line. <laughs> That's amazing. You were the star. You were the chosen one for that night. I, I, felt, uh, I started, looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Daniel? D- Daniel, is that, is that you, Mr. Radcliffe? <laughs> what have I become? The mask is slipping. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, 31, have you ever had anything named after you? No. No, I haven't. Okay. Tomorrow's another day. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for being so hopeful. Yeah. Uh, 32. Hobby you've dedicated the most time to? Probably music at this point. I haven't really done much to show for it. I recorded a punk album, a pop punk album with a friend back in 14, 15, something like that. Um, But when I think about how much time I spend playing video games or, you know, actively listening to music or watching movies, it's probably far outstripped by the amount of time that I've had an instrument in my hands, learning a song or playing an old one or, you know, going through an album real quick. So I'll say music. It's not, it's not much more than a hobby at this point, but yeah. Hey, I like it. Uh, 33. Who's a celebrity that you've had a crush on? Way too many of these questions are coming back to Harry Potter. I feel oh. really fucking weird in 2020 <laughs> saying that, but, uh, Emma Watson as Hermione Granger was the first time that my little uh, white boy heart skipped a beat. Um, uh, I think I might be a couple of years younger than her. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't remember. Like, I remember I remember just looking at the VHS cover art for like Sorcerer's Stone and just thinking, man, what a pretty girl. And now I like I, I see a magazine cover with her on it. I'm like, man, what a pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's great. And Emma, if you're listening, which she isn't. <laughs> if you're listening, I can send you a Zencaster link and we can talk about Luigi's Mansion for hours. Oh, gosh. I can hear her <laughs> scrambling to the phone right now. <laughs> uh, 34. What's the strangest job you've ever had? I, I've had some jobs that I didn't love, but the strangest one, and it's not really that strange. A friend of mine knew that my brother and I, I have a twin brother, uh, and he, she knew that I, she knew that he and I were looking for a little money, extra money over the summer. So, and she worked at a place called Maurice's. It's like a uh, young ladies clothing uh, retailer. And there okay. was a branch near us. And she said, hey, we're having this thing where like they just need some some strong backs to like move boxes and remove security tags because they're moving stores. And it was like six hours of just removing security tags with that tool and moving large piles and boxes of clothing for, you know, some old ladies uh, who ran this store um, that I don't know that that was weird or strange, but it's definitely something that I haven't done anything like since then, at least not for money. <laughs> You just love removing security tags on your own free time. Hey, how do you think I afford this uh, Little Caesars shirt I'm currently wearing? (laughs) This podcast sponsored by Little Caesars. (laughs) They got cheese on it, I guess. I got a hot one waiting here if you want some, Emma. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Um, Let's see, 35. What is a book you would recommend the world to read? Okay, so I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to say, like, 
uh, anything by Ursula K. Le Guin. She's just one of the most accomplished, well-rounded, uh, realized writers of, of her generation and a real voice um, that, that the world needs. Uh, and if you would kindly, Bob, pull that in over what I'm actually actually about to say, if it turns out that this is problematic. Uh, Craig Ferguson, the uh, uh, Scottish former late night host and current, mm -hmm. I guess, comedy personality, you'd call him. He wrote a novel called Between the Bridge and the River that I read in like middle high school and I fell in love with it. I'm sure that it's I haven't read it for 10 years, maybe, but I'm sure that it's riddled with problematic plot devices and like really i remember an entire an entire like two-page spread that's just the c word over and over like oh, i mean he's scottish so it's much more common over there but that's not an excuse uh it is um i remember it being very enjoyable very fun but like sort of that edgy uncomfortable not actually good you know yeah. uh but i i still tell people like hey you should read this because even if you don't like it it's a little peek at who i was so long ago <laughs> So yeah, if you would, um, if if that's if that's problematic, if we go back and it turns out that like, I don't know, Craig Ferguson is a vicious anti-Semite. Now you can just put that Ursula K. Le Guin drop over. <laughs> I love having the backup there. I, I, as far as I know, Craig Ferguson is in the clear. I think he's. Uh, I, I've, I've I, for some odd reason I've actually been looking up random YouTube clips of his old late night talk show. Oh really? Uh, Semi recently. Yeah, because he just was like the most bizarre i don't know if you ever watched the show it it, it was mm -hmm. the most bizarre thing like he had a uh, instead of like a traditional like you know ed mcmahon type sidekick he had a robot skeleton behind yeah, a podium yeah. who all he could do was open or close his jaw and it, <laughs> you know he had a writer backstage just do the voice of him and then he had two interns in a horse costume and he called them secretariat and that was another <laughs> one of his like you know we're going to throw to secretariat and we're just, just like... really strong bits. Like I loved how those bits evolved. I, I'm taking up so much of your time already. This is going to be four hour episodes, but um, <laughs> I'm the, all for it. <laughs> the, um, the, the fun of that was like, I would watch that show not every single week, but I'd check in, you know, once every two weeks, once every month mm -hmm. kind of thing. It was when it was really reaching its heyday in the late aughts was like when I was starting to get more busy with high school, when I was starting to get into college and stuff. So it was harder for me to justify staying up later and later. But, um, but it was really fun to check in every once in a while and see how those bits were evolving. Like the uh, the skeleton would eventually have like a mohawk or a denim vest or something. Correct. And he would yep. be able to move himself. He'd be able to articulate more and more with every season. I just loved like the commitment to those ridiculous, frankly, stupid bits. It's the same thing that brings me back to like Nathan Fielder and Eric Andre, where it's like this is a way smart. Like the, the commitment here is a way smarter thing than the actual bit. Right. Yes. <laughs> just the fact that they were. I don't know, had the, the, the guts to actually go through with it with, a, yeah, with an yeah. actual like celebrity on set is more than whatever the actual concept behind it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a thousand percent. Uh, that being said, Craig Ferguson, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, if you want to be a guest. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, of course, that answered book you've recommended the world to read uh, 36 <laughs> <laughs> i forgot what question we were even on here man you're the question master here <laughs> oh no this is why i put my glasses on uh 36 a movie that always makes you laugh i'm just gonna lean into it mrs doubtfire um 
That's a, I've watched I've, I've watched that movie since I was a kid. It's heavily problematic, highly uh, transphobic and, and misogynistic and transmisogynistic. Every every prefix and suffix of like a horrible person's attitudes that you can attach to that movie. It's like it's homophobic. Um, it's yeah. it's strange. It's it's I don't know. Uh, it's it's not defensible in 2020. But if I I would be absolutely lying to you if I told you that I don't laugh through at least parts of that movie even today. Uh, and Robin Williams was you know also kind of a a troubled challenged person but mm. uh just had such a real talent on the screen i've been listening i listened to a podcast a short podcast series uh commemorating his his passing with like a run rundown of his um career and mrs doubtfire came up and just like knowing his interactions with that movie too enriches it a little bit uh just do a little bit of research and, and you'll see what i mean um how he helped shape the direction of that movie oh fantastic uh yes uh let's see 37 uh what's the worst movie that you've ever seen three billboards outside ebbing missouri Fuck, really bad. it's not just like poorly put together martin mcdonough is not i don't think a terrible writer director like mm. he did in bruges which is a pretty a pretty dang good movie but like that movie is just abhorrent from every angle I, and uh, unfortunately it's got such talent you know woody harrelson sam rockwell uh francis mcdormand really great voices and faces in there, but I just cannot stand that movie. Uh, like two weeks after I saw it, I had been sort of ranting to people about how much I hated it. And then Jeff Cork current, um, I forget what his title is now, but he's a game informer still. Uh, and, and he, and he knew me from since I was in the internship program and he reached out after like two years, uh, and said like, I hear that you hate that movie. And I was like, I have to test the waters here. Did he love it? And you know, he, he found out that I hate it. And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't a really big fan of it. He's like, oh, thank God, I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> Which I gotta say is a really, really good feeling. Uh, no, that that is, by like hands down, because it's not just badly made. It's like evil at its heart. I think like what it's saying is a bad thing to say about the world. I I heavily dislike that movie. Oh, fascinating. Uh, Thirty eight. Who's your favorite actor? Uh, are we using actor as in the uh, male gendered? Um, including both actor or actress. Okay. Whenever you put Willem Dafoe on the screen, I'm I'm glued to that screen. Mm. Uh, that's it's it's kind of an easy like a twenty four pull pick, but but <laughs> again, like he is just such a captivating whatever he's in. He's he's just so committed to his craft. I would have normally said Daniel Day Lewis, but I don't think that he's currently acting. So. Yeah, he kind of quietly, I, I don't want to say retired, because I don't know if he's straight up said he's not doing anything yeah. you know, going yeah, forward. He, he, pull, but... he pulled the Hayao Miyazaki, right, where he keeps saying, like, oh, <laughs> this is my last one, everybody. And then before that one's done rapping, he's like, oh, I've taken on nine. And it's like, <laughs> oh, before, let's uh, nine is my last, I promise, everybody. And then before nine's done rapping, it's like, mm, I'm going to be in, I don't know what was next, uh, fucking Phantom Thread or whatever he was in next. Uh yeah, I I'll say Willem Dafoe. It's a boring pick, but just trying to be true. No, hey, that guy that guy commits himself like very few others do, and uh, I I give him a ton of respect for that. You are right. You are right. Uh, thirty nine. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the Raptors were running through the kitchen? Hey, Bob, I'm gonna get under my desk real quick to say something. Uh, yeah. I've never seen Jurassic Park all the way through. Did you catch that? Do I need to? Do I need to roll that back? 
Oh boy. I have seen maybe sixty percent of that movie at a time and then like I can breathe somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You have a computer in front of you if you want to uh Smash. <laughs> I I, assu- I remember that scene, and I will say I remember enjoying it. But like, divorced of the context of the film and the rest of the tension that it builds, and and like assuages, cannot tell you what it's like in, in to watch that movie, to watch that scene as the like as part of the movie. I am wow. so sorry, everybody. Wow, wow. You heard Do we have it to here, cut people. it at like forty-seven questions or whatever we're at. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip my teeth. We're gonna move forward. <laughs> Because you know why? Because life finds a way. Oh, that, I get would, that. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back to my level. There we go. Uh, 40, what's the first show as a kid you got really into? Teen Titans. Ooh, man, Teen Titans. Uh, it's probably not the first show that I like watched purposely and obsessively, but the first show that I thought, like, man, this was made for me. This is my thing. This is like sad and funny and cool. And, you know, it's probably it was definitely formative in like how much of a a Japanophile I have sort of become, you know, Mm. I'm sort of fairly into anime these days. Of course, I've been to Japan. I don't know if I told you, but I've been to Japan. What? Uh, Yeah. Right. Uh, It's you'd never would have expected it. Um, (laughs) But I, I, I like that's the first show that I remember saying like. Okay, this debut is at like Wednesday at 6 p.m. I got to be home by then. And then being like really pissed if we weren't home at that time because I'd have to like watch it next week. That that is a sign to me that that's like the one that mattered. Uh, yeah, I got really into that as a kid. Did you ever? Did you see that movie they did a couple of years ago, Teen Titans Go, or Teen Titans no, Go I, to the Movie or whatever the proper yeah. title is? You know, I've heard up and down things about the uh, revival of that series, about how it's like, it's good and self-aware and fun, especially for, you know, people who knew the old series, uh, but that it's just not quite the same tone. And it's like, maybe I can get to it when it finishes, you know, maybe I can sort of catch up on it rather than follow it. Did you, uh, did you see it? I did not, but I I heard some pretty positive things that was like just barely not enough to get me to actually pay to go see it. Yeah. In yeah, theaters. that's about where that's about where I'm at with the whole reboot of the series, yeah. I was like if I if I was scrolling through cable and I saw it, I'm going to throw that on. But otherwise, eh, I'm okay. That is like <laughs> that is like throwing a wedding ring on that thing. In today's economy of like how much shit you have to watch versus what you're actually <laughs> going to watch, just just re- like blind pulling something from cable is uh that is basically matrimony. Yeah. True. It's true. Uh, question 41. Who should play you in a movie of your life? I would love if somebody like um, Ray Fiennes did his best, like mm. nasally Midwestern accent and tried to do me. <laughs> but but knowing casting directors, I'd probably get like a Jay Baruchel. Oh, man. Yeah, right. That's... Like. <laughs> it's un- unconfident person uh always slouching um you know always uncomfortable nasally <laughs> here jay we have this uh banjo laley can you just strum it so the producers see what it looks like <laughs> i don't know how to play it does not matter jay it does Truly not matter, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh those are very very astute choices on that i like that thank you i ha- I, w- I will confess to have thinking i not not for this podcast but i've thought about that before that comes up a lot uh between me and some of my uh movie uh fanatic friends i guess is like 
who would be you in your in a movie about your life? Who would be your friends? And I only ever think about myself because I'm conceited and and uh, and self centered. But right. that's what I've come up with. It, you know what? It still haunts me to this day. In college, there was someone who sat right in front of me. I went to school for advertising and graphic design, and uh, the 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 woman who sat in front of me, uh, we we were you know pretty good acquaintances, friends somewhere in that ballpark. And she turned around one day during class and she went, "Oh." I got to tell you, me and all my roommates were watching TV the other day, and I said, oh, my gosh, that would be the perfect actor to play Bob in a movie. Oh, no, and I said, no, don't, and I said, don't oh, hurt me. who is it? And she goes, I can't remember. Oh, no. And That's way worse than what I thought you were going to for say. The entire, <laughs> for the entire semester, I would like every other week I would go, did you think, did you think of it? You know, because because in my head I was like I never get that I truly never get that like you know who you look like I just I just don't I'm not saying I'm really? like this unique one of a kind you know person <laughs> but I just truly never get that compliment just walking through life so as soon as someone was like oh my god the room everyone in the room agreed that's that would you know that would be the perfect person to play me in a that movie is so tantalizing i think we need a whole investigative podcast about this do you remember the movie what the movie was uh i do not she she knew oh. the movie but she couldn't mm. remember the actor and, and now could, at this point it's so far removed i can't remember yeah she couldn't sacrifice 95 minutes of her life to answer this question for you to watch the movie again even casually and just say like oh who's the guy who looks like bob man yeah selfish woman turns out it's emma watson and uh, <laughs> secretly uh, well uh one of these days one of these days i will find out i probably won't but it's still it's still haunts me to this um let's see 42 who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met in person okay and i always i always throw the preface out uh, like seeing them on stage in a concert, I would say doesn't count. Does not count. I would say needed some sort of interaction with, whether it's just okay. a hey or a, they sat across from you at a dining room table or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like something, some minor interaction. Something where I was the focus of their attention, if even for a second. Exactly. Like where they noticed me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, biggest celebrities ever noticed me. Um. It's probably a tie, honestly, given the mm. popularity of, of the band Reliant K today. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. But uh, my mom got us into really into uh, like modern Christian music, including Christian rock as kids. Yeah. And we went to one of their concerts and waited backstage, you know, outside the venue for them to pop out after, uh, you know, I was nine or something. But uh, he, he just did a small meet and greet. And it was, you know, uh, my family, uh, five of us kids and my mom uh, and just said hi, you know, whatever. But. I guess more like more recently. I don't know if you know the band, the Reckon Tours. Uh, yeah, it's one of Jack White's um, Jack bands. Jack White's. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Um, and they had a comeback last year, I think a uh, pretty good album, but I was, I used to work downtown Minneapolis. I now work well, literally from where I'm standing right now, but I used to work downtown Minneapolis and I was walking to or from my bus, I forget which, and I saw their bassist and I was like, man, that guy's got a really distinctive look and he looks exactly like the bassist of the Tours. and they were in town that night and I was like, it's got to be him. So I approached him and I'm like, hey, hey, is your name Jack? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, do you play for the Tours?" He's like, yeah, we're playing tonight at the Armory. And I'm like, awesome. We spoke, we spoke for a second about Minneapolis and, you know, what, what fun, you know, what venues he liked and stuff. Uh, 
so as far as like actual interaction, that one, Jack Lawrence of, um, of the raconteurs. And it was just last year. It's crazy to think that I, I forgot oh. that happened until you brought it up. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, apologies to Reliant K, but yeah, that one takes precedent. I would say, <laughs> uh, I have nothing against Reliant K. I think I'm Lion-O is a solid song, but Ooh, you didn't even break out one of their popular ones. You broke out. Nope. I'm Lion-O. Holy nope. crap. Cut man. Deep. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about you, Bobby. <laughs> Got a lot of interests, and I still want to know who plays me in a TV show. <laughs> um, 43. What's a TV show or podcast that you love, but you don't think anyone else knows about? Can I give one of each? Is it is that breaking the rules? Yeah, of course. Okay. There the are very or... few rules here, I assure okay. you. <laughs> well, there are at least three of them that we went off at the top, but yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the TV show I would think, I, I wish I could get more people to watch. Uh, is Kill La Kill. It is an anime produced by tr- Studio Trigger or Trigger Studio. I forget which, which I call it. It's on Netflix. It has been for like the last five or six years. Uh, it is indefensibly horny. Um, it is full of fan service, uh, but it is like the whole basis of it is like it's based on the fact that the word for fashion and the word for fascism as spoken uh, by a native Japanese speaker is a homophone. So like the whole show is about compar- drawing comparisons between the world of fashion and um, and a fascistic like power structure at a high school, uh, at a fictional That's high school strange. in Japan. It is off the wall crazy. It is so much fun. It has like I think some really uh, heartfelt emotional messaging within it, and it's really smart. And it's one of those things that's like again, kind of go back to the whole Craig Ferguson thing. I feel like it's the fact that they do it is way smarter than the than what they're do- actually doing. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I and uh, so that's that's a TV show that I wish I could get more people to watch. Most even most people I know who watch anime haven't watched that uh, for some reason. Probably because it is like on the outside it's magical girls in skimpy clothing, and on the inside it's magical girls in skimpy clothing, but also a bunch of other stuff, right? Um, <laughs> so I, I won't defend it, but I will say if any of that sounds interesting to you, give it the old three episode rule, and uh, and and give it a try. Um, I know I asked if I could say both, but. I don't think that I listen to any super niche podcasts. <laughs> I guess ninety nine Q. I don't want to hey. call you a super. I don't want to call you a super niche or anything. Uh, but I know that you're getting started in your first. What this will be episode fifteen, twenty, something like that. Uh, eleven, twelve, something like that. Okay, I, so I'm, 15, I'm 20, in the double like digits. That. I know that much. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And we take that much appreciated. Um, of course. Forty four favorite comedian. Hmm. You know, I have fallen off of the actually following individual comedians thing because as soon as you start to enjoy what they're doing, they become or they it's revealed that they're shitty people and it's like now I can't in all good conscience. I I um but I at the same time I've I've started listening to Comedy Bang Bang more over the last few years and Mm -hmm. again while it's while it's super dumb, the commitment to the bit is very admirable. Uh I really like Every, pretty much everything that Paul F. Tompkins has done or is doing, he seems like a pretty solid guy too. Um, he is a frequent collaborator with um, with the folks at Comedy Bang Bang. He was on well, everybody, most people who listen to this probably know who he is, but he was also he got his start on Mr. Show along people alongside people like Jack Black uh, and uh, Scott Ackerman and a bunch of other really popular uh, comedic folks now. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna say. Paul F. Tompkins, just because I, I think he's pretty safe to to admire at this point. Yeah, he seems like a, a pretty uh, a pretty done up kind of guy. He's he's all right. Yeah, in my book. 
also his the kind of mustache he can grow is the same kind of mustache i can grow so i feel a little bit of solidarity there mm. um you know it's not the super twirly uh snidely whiplash but it's not like the really thin like uh a little richard either you know it's it's a, just a good a straightforward full yeah r.i.p yes yes uh no that's fantastic uh 45 best saturday night live cast member <laughs> i okay. i don't know yeah <laughs> I, I really don't know i uh, i i know that i've enjoyed snl skits on and off i i guess like people like I, the people who were becoming really popular when my generation started watching that show were like the andy sandbergs the mm-hmm. uh kenan thompson's the like just after Will Forte, the what's his name, Jason Sudeikis. Jason, and I, yeah. yeah, I don't think about many of those people, I guess. Uh, so I don't think about the show that they were on. I don't watch it today. So, you know, I should have just said pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this reminds me very well. My, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Mark, who listens to the show, uh, shout outs because he probably, he better be listening to this one. Uh, <laughs> he told me that he he also, he just does not watch Saturday Night Live. Like, never has, no, doesn't. And he goes, every time that I talk to a guest who is like, as obsessed with SNL as I am, which is moderately so, uh-huh. um, like, we can, we can just go off for like seven minutes about different eras and different backstage workings and who wrote this sketch and the genius sure. of this person's improv work. But for him, he, he just texted me one week and he goes, anytime you guys go off about SNL, it's like another language, man. I <laughs> I can't understand it. I go, more than fair. If you want to skip yeah. ahead a minute, you'll you'll get to the next one. <laughs> I, uh, I, I should say, like, I do appreciate everything that it did for, like, popularization of comedy and of sketch comedy, right? Like, it would, yeah. sketch comedy would not be where it is without Saturday Night Live, for better or worse. Uh, but it's just like... You know, I've seen a lot of the classics. I I, I, I I used to like when Justin Timberlake would be on because he seemed like he was a lot of fun and he was having fun, you know. Yep. But I just don't commit a whole lot of them to memory, you know. So it's hard to yeah. hard to say, oh, that's my favorite. I guess Shweddy Balls. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, that show is so infinitely fascinating. I've always said mm-hmm. if, I, if I do a spinoff of this, it's either going to be 99 SNL questions or 99 Simpsons questions. Because uh, <laughs> both of which... The Simpsons one would just be me going, hey, you remember this joke? It was pretty funny, right? <laughs> the <laughs> world that's... is your oyster, man. Get, get started. <laughs> uh, 46, what's the nerdiest thing you've done? I, I took off uh, April 20th, 2018. Uh, you will note the date of 420. Mm-hmm. And it was to play the new God of War game that came out <laughs> that year. <laughs> <laughs> and... But okay. I had taken it off like, you know, weeks in advance because I knew that I just wanted a day off. And I'm like, oh, it aligns with these God of War game. The game didn't arrive that day. It was there's a shipping delay and it arrived the set like the day following. It was a Friday and then it arrived Saturday. And I'm like, shit, goddamn. Now it looks like I just took the day off to go smoke weed. <laughs> I don't even smoke weed. And it looked and it just gave anyway. That's probably the nerdiest thing that I've ever done because it interrupted a certain aspect of my real life to give myself time to do a very, very not real thing. <laughs> And didn't even work out. <laughs> and didn't even work out. I didn't even see a return on that investment. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, 47, least favorite state. Indiana, hands down. No offense Ooh. to the people I know from Indiana. 
Uh, of course, like I just said, my friend Seth, he was uh, not born in Indiana, but raised there. And I know a lot of good people from Indiana, uh, but just like toe to tip. What a, what an awful, a God awful place to be, especially since 2015, 2016. But you know, yeah, I, I don't think I need to go any deeper. Anybody from Indiana knows why I'm saying that. Um, just a bad, just a bad, not fun place to be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, 48. What's the best thing you've ever won? Oh, this is actually easy. I was, in, of course, uh, did you know, Bob, that I was in Japan? Um, what? My, the my country last night... of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like an island, but yes. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last night I was there, we were in Tokyo. I think it was Shibuya. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe it was, I think it was Shibuya. There was, it was, uh, there was an arcade and it was one of these games where, it's hard to describe it. Like there's an X axis and a Y axis and a little hand that has to go through a box to push go, go through like a whole, I don't oh, even know if I'm describing this properly. Yeah. I, I've played something similar. It's yeah. it's like a price is right game. Basically you have to line up yeah. one peg to perfectly knock into exactly. a shape. Exactly. Of a, yes. It was exactly that. And it requires a lot of like quick thinking and reflexes and maybe like peeking around the corner of the machine. And I thought I'm never going to win anything from any of these machines, but I had a bunch of extra yen. Uh, So I was like, I'm going to spend these, save some for home because I want the mementos, but I'm going to spend a bunch of these tonight and just get at it. Like 10th try, I got this thing and I was like, yes, fuck, I got, I got the prize. And then it was this like foot square foot model of Bowser the Mario enemy Bowser. And it was really cool. Like it looked solid. It was a limited edition item or whatever. And I'm like, I cannot bring this home. I don't have the luggage space for this for shit. So I ended up needing to leave it at the hostel we were staying at. And then one of my, one of the people I was on the trip with took it home. I just gave it to him and said like, Hey, if you can fit it in your luggage, that's yours. But that's the first time that I've won like a sizable thing from a prize, uh, like station of any kind. Uh, I guess that's, Unless you consider like having a job winning and have like a certain the certain job lottery, I guess uh, that's a much more boring answer. But I guess a much more uh, much more realistic, much more pragmatic one. I'm gonna go with the Bowser on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bowser. I don't know why I mentioned having a job as being winning anything. <laughs> Both correct, but Bowser. I mean, you're right. Um, right. Uh, Forty nine. Is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? Yeah, when I was a kid, I collected a hell of a lot of Toy Story ephemera. I had Ooh. games and toys and figures and um, CDs and stuff. Uh, that That's probably the biggest collection of things I've ever had. I also had a collection of uh, Beanie Babies, but that never got very big. A uh, collection of model cars, that kind of never got very big. Uh, and I was for a good while into retro collecting of games stuff. Um no like super crowning achievements there but uh yeah the thing that i was known for as a kid was he's that kid with the toy story collection like let's get this for him if we see it at goodwill or let's like tell him about this garage sale that has a bunch of toy story stuff and he can pick some stuff up if he doesn't have it in his collection all of it's still sitting at at my mom's house that's a little sad but yeah it's all there <laughs> i guess we're repeating the whole theme of toy story right is that you're you're letting go of your childhood you're growing into your own person and you don't need imaginary friends anymore uh but Woody is sitting there just <laughs> with a big JD written on the bottom of his boot. Oh, oh, Bob, you're killing me. <laughs> I should I should I should give that stuff away. But yeah, that's the first and last thing that I really super committed myself to collecting. Everything I've bought since then that's not like utilitarian is just sort of fleeting boredom or obsession. So yeah. I like it. Uh question fifty. 
dubbed the Ryan Davis. You are in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size. You're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing that the weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose, knife or bat? I choose bat. I feel like my answer changes every time I'm asked this, but I choose bat right now because I'm imagining the scenario. I'm standing right now at my standing desk, and I'm imagining being approached by somebody with a knife, and I have an aluminum bat, and I can at least push them away. If not, like, deal a, a killing blow, I can at least push them away. I know that this has been debated, and every, everybody's got great answers to undercut mine, but, I like, I can create distance with it, which I can't do with a knife, or I can at least, like, defend. There's no defense with a knife. It's all offense. Um, and if there's, like, 60% defense with a bat and, like, 40% de- offensive capability with a bat, at least I've got a mix. You know, I've, I've got some versatile... You know, you then say like, oh, well, you only get one shot with either of them. And it's like, maybe that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dead. <laughs> but hey, you're, at least you're going out with a little bit of space, you know? Yeah. Team bat. <laughs> Team bat. Hey, I I respect it. Disagree. But I respect mm. it. <laughs> hmm. hmm. All right. I will, I will meet you in the Gowanus Canal uh, tomorrow at 4.40 p.m. <laughs> I've got my knife. I'll be fresh off a fishing trip, so it might be it might have some uh, some fish ephemera on it, but we'll be good to go. Note to the listeners: the following message was recorded on opposite day. Man, I sure don't want to know who does all the wonderful, I mean, bad music in this show. The song you're hearing right now is definitely not from the Mini Vandals. The opening song is definitely not from Diala. The song you're about to hear is not DJ Williams. And the closing song is not from Single Friend. So if you don't like what you're hearing, definitely don't tell a friend about it or rate us five stars and subscribe. Don't do those things. This is now the end of that message, so it's back to regular again. Don't get confused. Uh, So, Jason... You are, uh, at least on my radar, at the very least, known for for two main internet-y things. Uh, One of which is a movie podcast you do called uh, Try Love. uh, Yes. A a Minnesota-based movie podcast. Um, And then on the other side of the spectrum, going into the music realm, uh, you are the uh, Hollywood producer for the uh, hit hit podcast Mintrax uh, with the great Matt Helgeson. Um, and I could easily ask you about anything movie related or anything music related here. And I think it would be absolutely fascinating. But what I want to dive into is a certain band that I have discovered through my listening of, of both, uh, that you are a monstrously huge fan of. That oh, is no. the Doobie Brothers. Yes. <laughs> yes. We got to bring up the Doobies on this too. Fuck yes. <laughs> I want to know. 
what sparked this? Why uh, why do you sing their praises everywhere you go? I love the band. I, I, I can't say I'm a tremendous fan, but everything I've ever heard of them, and someone, I go like, oh, who, who, who is this? Like, what, what song is this? And it's the Doobie Brothers. I always take a note of it. I'll download it later. And I've slowly gained, like, this very random collection <laughs> of their music over the years. Um, and I want to know what sparked this in you. Why? why it, it seems so out of your wheelhouse, but why is Doobie Brothers the, the one that you clamor for? That is, oh man, I, you don't even know how good a question that is. Uh, I, of course, like I said, I, I grew up with a lot of my mom's taste in music. Um, mm-hmm. And among that was the Doobie Brothers. Uh, she had listened to them, I believe, since um, her, you know, uh, younger years. And she instilled it in us to listen to that music through, it was, I think the CD was their 20th Century Masters. You know, the one with the, like, the gray cover, the boxy, lining yeah. type yeah, cover yeah. That, ev- that every artist from the 60s and 70s ever gets. But, um, but so it was that, like, I just started to memorize every song on that, on that, uh, on that greatest hits collection. Um, and it really was just like their big heavy hitters, a lot of Michael McDonald, uh, and just really, really good songs. And I feel like along with a number of other artists that influenced heavily my, my predisposition toward like interesting harmonies, interesting song structures, interesting, um, like production, because it was kind of Southern rock, kind of folk, kind of hillbilly, uh, and very much just like classic rock at all. It all congeals into that. So you know, years go by, I'm still listening to it, but I'm listening to it less as I'm discovering music on my own, you know, not just listening to what my mom plays in the car, yeah. but you know, I have access to the internet now and I have friends who have CDs and I have, you know, cousins who burn fallout boy CDs for me. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm expanding my, my musical horizons, so to speak. And then, um, fast forward to 2014, 15, when I'm, uh, an intern at game informer and when I'm moving here to Minneapolis full time. And I, started to and i would you know talk about them or play them in the car and people would be like why are you listening to this this is like this is dad butt rock right like this is what you hear at your local pub uh so that people can talk over it nobody has to pay attention to it and i was like kind of like obviously that's the space it's filled in the world that is where they've been put and rightly so but at the same time it was like okay so i'm i'm something of a rare breed and that i actually legitimately like this music and i am not 55 years old so i decided to, so i decided not 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 quite as a bit but like recognizing that it was not something that was super common i wanted to be able to put that forward a little more i wanted to make it sort of more of a thing that i like listening to this music i want to get see if i can get other people interested in it i just want to see if i can get other people listening beyond their greatest hits and i don't know how much success i've had but i'm glad that it precedes me uh i i think i've got maybe just below a like an av- a batting average of one on every episode of Mintrax, bringing up or having doobies brought up. When I'm not bringing it up, Matt Helgeson, our host, is bringing it up that I like the doobies, and I'm like that. That's great. That's me. Um, it was so like in short, it was my mom who instilled it, and the fact that nobody else like really loves them in my age group just lit that fire underneath me to be like, okay, I have to be the harbinger for the next generation of this, or else. It's not get, like nobody's going to listen to it on purpose. They're going to hear it in TikToks and people are going to Google like, what's that TikTok song? Oh, and then no. it's going to be like, oh, it's it's minute by minute uh, by the Doobie Brothers. And then they're going to be like, oh, that's a good song. Throw it on Spotify playlist and then never think about the artist again. And it's like, I got to I got I to be the one. Right. Got to be the champion of the cause. Exactly. Uh, uh, 
I love that. That's absolutely fascinating. I, I, I am uh, endlessly entertained any, every time Doobie Brothers comes up on, on the Mintrax <laughs> episode, and uh, <laughs> I, I'd too, love to have too. a little bit more context behind it. Like, a weird story about that is um, when I was, I, I grabbed breakfast with some friends in Minneapolis in like 2017 at a place called uh, Hen House right downtown, and um, yeah, check it out if you ever uh, if you're ever in Minneapolis and it's ever open again, but, um, uh, I went to the restroom and on my way, I passed one of the, um, like POS stations where people ring up food and sitting there, like wedged between the monitor and the wall was a vinyl copy in pretty good condition, vinyl copy of the Doobie brothers minute by minute. And I was like, what the, what the hell is this? So I like, I picked it up and took it to the front desk and I'm like, who's is this? Has anybody claimed this? They're like, no, it's been there for like two weeks. We've, uh, we had a note on it for the first week and we had it like a really prominent place that said, Hey, take it. If this is yours, nobody took it. Nobody ever reported it missing. Nobody ever called about lost and found. And they're like, you can have it if you want. It's just in our way. And I'm like, well, hell yeah. Now I have a vinyl cop. <laughs> it's it's like $4 at the local record store, but it's just like divine providence. Put that in my way is what I'm saying. It put that album in front of my eyes. An angel with wonderful musical taste came down one day <laughs> <laughs> and his voice sounded like her. <laughs> That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I, I love having more context for that. Truly. <laughs> And uh, and, and quick, shout outs, quick shout outs to my mom who skipped her own senior prom to go to a Doobie Brothers concert. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> that's I why didn't get your mom on min tracks. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. holy you, shit! That's awesome. How amazing would that be if I got an email saying invite to min tracks <laughs> and it was, can you ask your mom for me, please? <laughs> oh man, oh, your mom sounds like the coolest person in the world. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but we have questions. <laughs> uh, I, I love that. But we, 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 we got more questions here. We got 49 of these puppies, right? Uh, I'm no math expert, but yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, 51, what's your phone wallpaper right now? It is uh, a, like a, a piece of key art from Pikmin 3 uh, with... Uh, Captain Alf in the foreground, followed by a series of yeah, followed by a series of Pikmin carrying fruit, and in the background, like slightly blurred out, is just a really big uh, bulborb, the big red guys that eat your Pikmin, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like encroaching, but nobody really notices him. So it's like a an action shot just before shit pops off in Pikmin. Um, I, I love the Pikmin games, so that's my background has been for a few weeks, and I don't think I'm going to change it now that it's been announced for Switch. Yeah. I was going to say, you picked a very good time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 52, what's the last thing you Googled? I can tell you that right now, as long as Googling this does not, um, doesn't interrupt our Zencaster session. Uh, oh, it was, um, it was a, my friend's band. Uh, I think it's more like a solo project. My friend Thomas, uh, again from Indiana, I don't mean to bash too much, but um, uh, he, he has a, a musical project called Arthur Hatteras. Uh, and I wasn't sure if he was still on Bandcamp, but it turns out he just released a, a record today of uh, maybe close to a dozen songs. Um, check them out. Uh, it, it, it's it's good music. It's like folk and uh, ambient and pop-influenced music. Uh, that was the last oh. thing I Googled. Uh, I probably should have had that closer at hand if he's really my friend, but uh, 
but yeah, I had I had to, I had to Google because I remember the name of the act, uh, and it's not like his name. He goes under a pseudonym to make it. So I had to Google mm-hmm. it and find the find the Bandcamp. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty three. You have to name your next pet without meeting them. What do you name them? Miles. I don't know why it just sticks out. Strong name. You got Miles Davis. You got Miles Prower. Got uh, Miles Prower. Got Miles uh, Teller. I don't know if he's a good one, to, a good example to throw in the mix here in this like celebrity gumbo. Um, <laughs> I feel I feel like I I could have an iguana. I feel like I could have a parrot. I feel like I could have a dog, cat, fox, and I could name him Miles, and it would totally fit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's universal, but it's unique enough where. You're not going to run into 90 different miles at a dog park, you know? Right, Uh, right. Fantastic. Uh, 54, what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? Sorry, Bob, but you're going to probably get the first one I can think of. Um, And it is Dan the Beast Severn. That's a great. Uh, that's what a deep cut. Is that? Yeah. Here's here's the thing. I I was born in Ohio. I don't need to explain this. I moved around a lot as a kid, but one of the towns I spent the most time in as a kid was Coldwater, Michigan, and he lives there. He runs a, I forget if it's a judo or karate studio there, where he teaches the next generation yeah. his moves. Uh, I never went to it, but my dad, uh, being uh, a cantankerous Greek socialite, kind of knew all the big burly men in town, mm-hmm. and so naturally knew knew him. Uh, his daughter went to the same church we went to. Uh, she is ju- just as intimidating as he is. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, g- g- uh, pretty pretty good people, as far as I can tell. I don't know what they're actually like these days, but they were always kind to us. Uh, and he is the first one I ever think of, of of professional wrestlers. He's the first one that comes to mind because it's like I've met that guy. I can't say that about Hulk Hogan. I can't say that about uh, Eric. Uh, what's his name? No, Andre the Giant. God, I was going to call him Eric Andre. <laughs> Eric Andre I'm the Giant. <laughs> All right, look at look for the T-shirt, Eric Andre the Giant, so I can struck on down the, by two copyrights the, at once. Ninety-nine Q dot Teespring dot com. <laughs> Don't uh, give it time. <laughs> Put that design degree to good use. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fifty-five. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Corn dogs. Store-bought corn dogs. Ooh. Put one of those in me, and it's just. It's it's a tryptophan dreamland. I I tend to just sort of zone out like a heroin addict. Here's my only question with that. You put a condiment, ketchup, a mustard, a little bit of each, because I'm always split with a corn dog because it's, it's got the innate sweetness. So like my gut tells me ketchup. But if I'm having a hot dog, I would innately go mustard. Right. It's it's a it's a wonderful canvas, the corn dog, because it is not. It is more way more homogenous than a hot dog might be. You know, if you yeah. bite into a hot dog, you might get all bun, right? You would have to try to bite into a corn dog and get just bun. Like you would sure. have to go, you would have to be like Squidward with the with the Krabby Patty, just biting off the tiniest <laughs> little morsel to get just corn, right? And even the corn is still a very, even the cornbread is still a very tasty thing. Um, I usually go, again, like my coffee, totally nude on it. Oh, uh, but if I'm going to add anything, I I will. I, I'm not a huge fan of ketchup. So I, I would maybe go for a little bit of like a like a honey mustard taste oh, um, to balance out the extra sweetness. That yeah. sounds yeah. Balance out the extra sweetness with a little bit of uh, tang, and that's. I think if I'm going to touch it, which I normally don't, but if I'm feeling a little crazy, I'll go for a little honey mustard. I like it. I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna 
Gonna yeah. Steal that next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, 56 favorite smell. Uh, bread that you are baking. Um, the, the, this, yeah, the smell of bread is just one of God's most wonderful creations. But like after you've spent so much time rolling the dough and doing all the shit, proofing it and whatnot, just the rewarding smell of the thing. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of people have been getting into baking lately because of quarantine. I tried my hand uh, during quarantine and the best I could get was like a pretty good apple pie. Uh, but I have made like a decent loaf of bread, like a decent sour lo- sourdough in the past. And it's just, mm, the smell is almost as good as the taste. I, you're not going to find any argument from me. I worked at a bread bakery, an Italian bakery for <gasps> two years. Bob. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know what? It it hits a little bit differently when you have to like work for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, but there is still nothing quite as good. Like the best perk of that job was being able to get a fresh round roll, fresh. I mean, Ooh. piping out of the oven. And what you do, you give it a little slice. You put a little bit of shredded mozzarella, two pieces of pepperoni, and you let it do one more spin in the oven. And oh you, my it's God. the greatest two bites you've ever had in your entire life. Like <laughs> wonderful. Oh, uh, it's it's absolutely heavenly. That that kept me at that job for two years. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it was all worth I it. I deserved better, but I did not want better. <laughs> uh fifty seven. Best candy. I am a grown man enough to say that I genuinely like Twix best. Used to be Butterfinger, but now it's just not pragmatic. I have uh, like fully formed adult teeth that do not like Butterfinger. Um, Twi- Twix is just a great, a great, great candy. Love it that is. stuff. It really is. Uh, 58. Let's go on the opposite side here. Worst candy. Oh, man. We're getting nasty. Um, mm-hmm. Anything too chalky. Uh, sweet tarts, I think if I've got like, I don't know an entire full 16 ounce water bottle. Maybe I could, maybe I could down a single sweetheart, uh, but things that are just really sour and really chalky are like, that's just an acquired taste. And one that I don't really care to, you know, yeah. um, I, I see its utility. I know it's, it's like, you know how that podcast 99, uh, invisible. Hey, another, your, your fellow pod, your fellow 99 podcast. Yes. Uh, me and the 99%. They, <laughs> they they were talking about advertising and design of foods and how like underneath all the cereal in the commercials you see in a bowl is marbles because it like holds shape better. And because it looks more uh, like oh. looks more wonderful. It's not actually a bowl of cereal, right? It's, yeah. it's marbles and other materials. Um, it's kind of like that to me. I don't even know why I brought up that comparison because I'm forget I've, I've lost completely my train of thought. I made the joke about 99 and now I've lost it. Um, Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> hey, I'll get us uh, back on track here because uh, when you mentioned uh, sweet tarts, I will I will give you this little anecdote. My mm-hmm. uh, high school uh, was two blocks away from the sweet tarts factory uh, what? that makes sweet tarts. Yes, in uh, in beautiful Union, New Jersey. Uh, hey, there did is... your principal's name start with a W, and his last name also started with a W? <laughs> You know, he did walk out with a cane on our opening day and then did a roll and a ta-da. I thought it was on. We all thought he was just full of school spirit, but uh, now that you think about it. (laughs) He always had his morning coffee out of a tulip. Uh, 
No, but uh, I, if you if you left for school early enough, you the whole like last fifteen minutes of your walk to school would smell like sweet tart. Wow, and it that sounds a smell like, I could get behind. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I, I agree with you. The candy is, uh, you know, sorry, sweet tarts. I don't want to drop your IPO, but it's wholly overrated. <laughs> um, uh, fifty nine. What is a restaurant you would recommend? I recommended one earlier, uh, and it was Hen House in Minneapolis mm. here. I've really enjoyed getting to know the um, local flavors. Uh, but the one that I'm actually going to go with for this question is a restaurant called, appropriately, Himalayan Restaurant. Uh, it's in South Minneapolis, right on Lake Street. They were, I think, mostly unaffected by the riots that occurred in June. Excuse mm-hmm. me. But um, just for context, they are uh, uh, a lot of... Eastern foods uh, and and South Asian foods um, that are very, 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 very tasty. And it's probably some of the best versions I've had of that food. I've never had it prepared in those regions, obviously. But uh, as far as what you can get here in Minnesota, and there's a pretty, a fairly diverse population of, of, uh, of migrant groups, et cetera. Um, and that, that's, that's some of the best food that I've had here. Uh, you have a lot of great staples like, you know, burger places and wing places, but as far as food that I couldn't get back home where I lived in, in, in Indiana, um, I, this is, that definitely takes it. Himalayan restaurant on Lake street in Minneapolis. Try it sometime. Sounds amazing. I'm all about it. Uh, 60. What's a food you've never eaten? I have had multiple chances to try escargot. And have not. Oh, uh, pass to the snail. You know, I think I think I wanted to because again, like we traveled a little bit of Europe as kids, and my twin brother tried it, and you know, he was he's always been more of the extroverted one, so he's always been up more for being the center of attention, etc. It's worked out for him, but he uh, so he tried escargot because he knew like it would be a fun thing to do. I just wasn't into it, so I I rejected it. Uh, and then ever like since then I've, I've eaten at fancy places where they serve it. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if now's the time I got to be in the right headspace, right? Like I got to see it on a menu a week in advance and be like, okay, I'm going to eat escargot. I've eaten grosser things and weirder things than escargot. I don't know why it weirds me out that much, but just never have. Well, this look at this transition. It's like, you've done this before 61 strangest food that you have eaten. Oh, wow. I was, <laughs> I did pull that off really well, didn't I? Um, <laughs> I one of my I'll fr- edit I think out maybe the my... nine other takes that we did where we didn't quite <laughs> line it up right. Yeah, all those times that I was talking about like milk chocolate and stuff. I don't know why I brought those up. <laughs> um, the first solid food that I ate, according to my mom and my grandfather, was shark meat, um, which I'm absolutely certain is illegal today, and I'm not sure it was legal back when my mom was feeding it to me. But she said she said she got it at the local Meyer, which is like a Midwestern Walmart esque chain. Uh, I don't know if she was lying because I was too young to know, but, um, uh, so I've, that's probably one of the strangest things that I, that I can remember eating. You know, I've, I've, I've had, uh, I've had foods from around the world, but I don't consider those like weird. I just consider them, you know, like unique or different. I tried, I think it's takoyaki in Japan, which are the little octopus balls. Oh yeah. Uh, And that's definitely something that I, that you would not be able to get here or at least not prepared as such. But, uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be the shark meat because I don't think that's even legal anymore. A rebel since day one, <laughs> <laughs> coming out of my cage. Uh, sixty-two. What's a typical day off? 
Take about to take a pickle day off might be. Um, I stumble over my words for about forty five minutes in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'll I'll wake up. I've gotten really into the habit of walking my dog for about an hour every morning, uh, which is like a wonderful habit. If you have the time and you have the capacity to get up that early, do it. Get up an hour before everybody else and just stroll. Put on a podcast. Put on music. Um, so I normally do that. I do that on work days, but I also do that uh, on my days off. Uh, and then sit down with maybe a movie in the morning. I find it easier to pay attention to movies um, in the morning and in the early afternoon. Uh, so I'll go to my letterbox watch list and see what's there and what's available. Um, normally on my days off, I've been trying to get into uh, cooking more stuff or baking more stuff. So I'll look up like simple recipe for blank. And it might be what, something like a food that I saw in a TV show or a food that my friends told me about that I should try. And I'm like, okay, I can I can try that at home. That's simple enough. Um this weekend, uh, I'm probably going to be trying a, a pork dish that my roommate and I are, are going to be doing. Um, and, you know, taking my dog for walks various places to the park. It's kind of a weird question for right now just because, it, like, my days yeah. off lurk significantly different from what they did seven months ago. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, midday, probably veg out on video games, either online multiplayer or, like, solo. And... Uh, I, I, I guess finish the day kind of that way. Um, you know, normal scenario. I'd probably try to make f- plans with friends. We've kind of obviously put a bit of a kibosh on that. Can't recall what those are like anymore. <laughs> yeah. I've heard plans. tell. Yes. Back <laughs> in my day, as my teeth fall out. Um, uh, 60 something, 63 bucket list item you've accomplished uh it only got added to my bucket list in like early january but it was also crossed off by the end of january oh. so i don't know if that really whatever i'll count this one counts yeah cool uh so when i like i said i was sort of hedging late into 2019 about like whether i was actually going to take advantage of this ticket i had to japan um i got it because it was a super like duper deal and then i was like eh, like the cost the cost investment is not like such that I'd be super bummed if I didn't go, like I wouldn't be out a thousand dollars or whatever, Mm. but, um, but I ended up, uh, obviously going and within those couple of weeks between when I finally made the decision and when I was leaving was, uh, I started to put together a list of things that like I really wanted to do in Japan. Um, I guess my short, short Japan bucket list. And one of them was, I, I learned that in the mornings in Japan, uh, old folks, young folks too, but primarily old folks will listen to a public radio station where they play a song that everybody can stretch and exercise to, uh, just as part of like public wellness. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And it's a really like kind of serene thing that people do more in the countryside and in their own homes. Uh, but sometimes, you know, they get groups of people together and, you know, just a bunch of old folks would join by the pier and stretch, you know, uh, and, I was in Hiroshima uh, first few days of my trip in Japan and uh, I got up, uh, I had not adjusted to the time difference. So I was up at like five thirty Hiroshima time and I just like, I could not sleep. I just had to get a shower and put my things on and stroll. And I did. And I heard the song that they play in Japan for the uh, like sunrise stretch. And I was like, Oh shit. I think there's a group of people around the corner. I peeked around and there sure enough, there were like six or eight old folks. Uh, just stretching, just having a great time. Wonderful. And I looked up on my Google uh, Translate app and found out how much uh, or how to say, may I please join you, 
Like, uh, <laughs> can I be part of your group? And I did. And I practiced it in the, just like maybe 30 yards from these people. They couldn't see me. It was too dark. It was just like a street lamp. Uh, on the other side of them, I'm, I don't know why I'm setting up the scene this this tightly, but it was uh, like right on the banks of the Anko River, and I just approached them and said the phrase, and they were like, yeah, yeah, hi, hi, and, uh, and, I, and I did. I did like maybe the remaining six minutes of stretches that they were doing, and I didn't know them. I had not practiced them, so they like led me along, and they were laughing, and they were having a good time, and I was having a great time, and I'm like, man, this is this is exactly something that I wanted to do, and I was able to just jump on it right then. That is that was the most perfect way that could have happened. Uh, because by then, by the time that we're done, the sun is up, everybody's clapping and having like, they, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what they were saying to me. Hopefully it was like, thank you or have a good day or something. <laughs> uh, but they all appeared to be pretty pleased with my performance. That is the most wholesome, wonderful thing <laughs> I've heard in I, quite a while. I absolutely it, love it, that. It'll go, it'll go down as one, probably my top, one of my top three favorite things I did. Uh, in Japan and like one of my top 10 favorite things I've ever done in my entire life. Wow. Uh, so cool. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> All about stretching with these Stretching folks. with the oldies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who didn't have that CD in the 90s? Stretching <laughs> with the oldies. Oh yeah, that was the first piece of music I ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> Walked into a Sam Goody with 12 bucks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all uh, right, question uh, 64, a uh, bucket list item that you probably won't accomplish. Hmm. Early on in my writing career, I said I wanted to write a book. I didn't put any real rules on what that had to be about or how long or whatever. Hmm. Uh, but the more and more I think about it, the less and less I think it's going to happen because I don't I don't have many super creative or original ideas a whole lot anymore. Uh not to get too real, but like, I feel like my creative output has sort of been dampened since college. I uh, just got mm. put right in the workforce and, you know, I enjoy my job and everything, but it doesn't, it's not super conducive to incredibly creative thought. And I don't want to, I don't want to write something, write a book just to write a book. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to get around to that one. I hear you more than fair. Uh, 65 dubbed by previous guests, the realist question of the bunch. Oh boy name of a friend you don't keep in contact with but regret it my friend uh joey kaufman again he is from indiana um his life has taken a pretty different direction to mine he has pursued music full-time as as uh well not full-time he's pursued music incredibly he has an incredible work ethic toward the music that he wants to make he and i again i said earlier that i recorded music with a friend in uh you know, five years back or so yeah. before I moved here. And he's the guy that I did it with. Um, we were in bands on and off from f pretty much the first day of high school. We were super close, me and him and my brother. Uh, and just, you know, our lives took different directions after I got out of college. And uh, and we really haven't kept all together two in touch. I, I still buy his band's merch to support him. And, you know, I when I'm in town, if he's having a show, I'll be there. But it's not like we're, you know, still in contact every day. I, I regret that we're not closer, but I realize why we're not, I guess. It's just a yeah. weird, weird position to be in for anybody. Hey, Joey, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a very real question, Bob. Right. I'm telling, I, uh, gets real. I say it up front. Mm -hmm. People don't believe me at the breakfast question, but now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Hmm. Um, 
Super Mario World. Uh, Great one. I I played a bunch and a bunch of that with my brothers and sisters. Uh, again, five kids and um, three different age groups among us. So it was like when one of us was playing, the others were watching. When one of us was watching, there was probably two or three playing kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that was just that was just the go-to. That was like, hey, guys, I want to play a video game. And we would all mean playing Super Mario World. There was, you know, later on there was Smash Bros. and there was Mario Kart and stuff, but it was always Super Mario World was like the heavy, heavy hitter. Uh, and that game, man, it's just such a perfectly, uh, like, crafted contextualized game even today that it's it's hard for me not to put myself back in those shoes when i'm playing it i 100 percent agree i love mm-hmm. it uh 67 what game have you spent the most time playing <laughs> uh it might be the same answer but the, i feel like I've, i spent longer i feel like i spent longer playing super smash bros melee with uh, melee melee with uh with my brothers um and sisters as a as a youngin because it was you know anybody who's homeschooled in their in middle in high, in elementary and middle school and has four siblings naturally gravitates toward games where you can beat the shit out of each other <laughs> <laughs> and that and that was ours um, and that was about the perfect one on gamecube i mean uh, yeah, find a better right? four-player multiplayer like that's the one right there's no violent like multiplayer shooter that really dominated that console so uh in in the absence of that you have uh mario and um and peach beating the shit out of each other yeah uh Uh, that's that's the one i probably put more most hours into nice uh 68 what's something you've built with your own hands oh uh, it's close to built, but again, that, that banjo lately, uh, I got a lot of new parts Ooh. and I did a lot of sanding. I did a lot of, um, like amateur craftsmanship and carpentry for that one. Uh, that's, you know, I used to tinker with a lot of things as a kid. I would like build little tiny structures like, Hey, here's a, here's a bike rack and it would fall apart in a week. Uh, and here's like, here's a sawhorse and it would, you know, be broken by the end of the day. Uh, so I used to tinker a lot. I never really like got... I guess I guess a more interesting answer is I Frankensteined an entire Xbox once, like the original Xbox, uh, because there was one Xbox I had where the drive didn't work, and I had one Xbox where the power out power uh, like outlet didn't work. So I had yeah. to take the power outlet, put it in the Xbox with the uh, with the working disc drive, and I did that, and uh, and it worked. I shorted out the entire house. Uh, and no. shocked myself almost to unconsciousness, but it did work then. Uh, and I was able to play um, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and it was a good time. <laughs> but now you have superpowers, and that Xbox for some powers. reason plays uh, PlayStation games. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you did, but uh, we crossed we crossed streams, and I saw God, and he was like, "Yo, homeboy, Xbox or PS2." <laughs> Yeah, he said, hey, you want to play some Jet Set Radio Future? <laughs> like, any good person? I said, obviously, yes, of course. Uh, question uh, 69. Best Ooh, nice. pickup line. Uh, if you tell anybody that uh, that you're about to ask them the 69th question, that is 100% a pickup line. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I hate to be the one to break it to you after so many guests. Uh, best pickup line. Um I, 
I get cold feet every time that I'm around uh, anybody I, I'm ever interested in romantically or, or anything more than platonically. I have no, I have literally no pickup lines. I have no great pickup line stories. Uh, I, I should have passed on this one rather than revealing that I, that I don't have any game, but I have no game. Hey, more than fair. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a posthumous pass kind of <laughs> an explanation yes, and then a pass yes yes uh totally fine uh 70 have you ever had any good nicknames uh my mom and sister when i was in elementary school discovered that uh the phrase mon petit chou in french means my little cabbage and it's a term of endearment i don't know where they picked that up and i don't know why it got attached to me but now they call me chou um, which of course is just the French word for cabbage, but whenever any third party is listening to it, they're calling me a shoe. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It, it's, it's stuck and I don't even think about it when they call me it anymore. It's just one of those that's inherently me now. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's like a super good one, but it is definitely part of my identity. <laughs> that's great. Cause I, I love that, uh, you know, obviously it, it's coming from a very good place. But for people who don't know the reference, it sounds like you're being called a shoe. And people who do know the reference, you're being called a cabbage. So yes, it, <laughs> it's like it this weird very... <laughs> uh, you know, knife on both sides of the coin. <laughs> exactly. It is an inside joke and uh, the most hateful thing you can do to a child, both at the same time. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, 71. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. I believe in infatuation, which I have experienced lots <laughs> I gotta agree with you. Uh, Seventy-two. What's a big turnoff of yours? If you like golf, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 sort of a joke answer. But honestly, like, if I were really getting interested in a person, either platonically or romantically, and they're like, "Oh, I gotta get off to the links tomorrow morning," uh, I'd be like, "Well, maybe maybe you can text me after." <laughs> I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? No. Uh, no. I, I consider myself a hobbyist of all the things that I do that could be considered art between writing and music and, I guess, games and stuff. Uh, you know, one step below artiste, I guess, in that I don't make it a, a, a passionate pursuit. I just do it because I enjoy it, I guess. Gotcha. Maybe that's a limiting view of art, but hey, hey, it's it's you about yourself. There is no wrong answer, <laughs> man. It's all just <laughs> uh, seventy-four. What's something you tried to cook and failed? I tried to make a roll cake last week. Mm. Um, I said I was trying to get more into baking, and it's you know one of those that you might find in a sweets shop where it's super spongy looking cake with like a cream inside, and it's it looks like the Dreamcast logo kind of. Um, yes, and uh, and it was a an abject failure. I don't know what element I did wrong, but I did at least one thing wrong, and it turned out into just a crumbly mess. It was delicious, absolutely delicious, but it was the kind of thing that you like you slap in a bowl, you microwave, and you cover with ice cream so that you don't have to look at it while eating it. Uh, it looked okay. so messy, but it was very, very tasty. It was it was a strawberry roll cake gone wrong. <laughs> that was my first CD I ever bought as a kid. Strawberry <laughs> roll cake gone wrong. Uh, oh yeah, that was that was Tool's second album. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
uh, 75 dubbed the Ben Hansen uh, after the, oh, uh, the first guest of the I'm show. living in that man's shadow. What's the greatest piece of art ever made? Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be able to give a real answer to this, but um, I feel like the fact that the movie Mad Max Fury Road exists is mm. a miracle. Um, if you look into how that movie got made, how long it took to get made, who was involved, what kind of disciplines were practiced on set and stuff, uh, and just look at the end product being such a like really strong work in itself, that is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing that I think, at least until... like the world dies and then some new organism is reborn and discovers the filmic medium will probably be the most, I won't say the most important movie, but in my view, one of the best, one of the greatest pieces of art uh, created. I, I think it's a wonderful answer. And it, I believe it has come up in this question before it is. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, wow. ugh, if I have to tell you who did it, it might not give, come yeah, to mind give, so just, much. Just look back, look back at your transcripts and, uh, and give that person my number because we'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> All right. Let me just do this paper shuffling <laughs> sound effect. Okay. You've been taking, uh, you've been taking notes of every single word your guest has been saying with, with pen and paper. Uh, as long as there are absolutely no follow-up questions. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, question 76. Uh, have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? Yeah. Yeah. We, <gasps> I, I hate to be so uh, gung ho, but we lived in, when I lived in Michigan with my family, uh, my sister would always, and this wasn't directly to me, but it was like, Ooh, family haunted house vibes. We lived in a house uh, that was built in 1860. Uh, and it was part of the underground railroad. Um, there were still ephemera from that time and, you know, entrances and exits that were not, you know, sealed up or anything. It was a very, very antiquated home. Oh, uh, yeah. one of, probably my probably my favorite place I've ever lived, but um, just a strange, strange place. My sister one day said, uh, oh, Charlene told me that, um, and we, we know no Charlene's obviously, told me that the stairs that are going up to Papa's room, uh, our grandfather used to live with us, uh, used to go the other way. And we're like... Ah, ha, ha, Phoebe. That's my sister's name. Ah, ha, ha. Like, you, you don't know what you're talking about. That's cute. And then later on, uh, the local historian for the town brought by blueprints. Um, he was writing a book about, like, the history of, of Coldwater, Coldwater, Michigan. And, uh, and, and he said, uh, so actually, like, turns out that this staircase used to go the other way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it was a jaw, even, like, when I was, what, six or eight, it was a jaw-droppingly weird moment uh that that was that that panned out um in reality and this isn't you know i would normally chalk that up to hearsay or whatever like i was there when the guy said this <laughs> uh that's that's the most like irrefutable a lot of weird stuff happened in that house but a lot of stuff that you could explain away one way or the other i can't explain that that's just two facts that weirdly align charlene uh, charlene she was a shady character shady character <laughs> Fascinating. I love when that question gets a an immediate yes because there's like, always yeah. such a good story there. Whether you believe it or not, like doesn't even matter at that point. Right. I just love hearing those stories. Ugh. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because it's a big part of uh, conversation in my in my family even today. Like we'll still reference Charlene and we'll still reference, you know, the the candle that burned really high and uh, this, you know, the yells and screams that we hear from the attic, that kind of thing. Oh man. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so good. Uh, 77, would you ever use a Ouija board? No, why not? 
Yeah, I go. I don't have a reason not to. If I'm with people that uh, that also think it might be fun, I like it. Uh, Seventy-eight. The question is simply, why? Pass. <laughs> That's a great pass. Uh, Seventy-nine. If given the chance, when would you time travel to? Uh, this isn't a great. This isn't a great answer, but it's the first one that comes to mind. In 1916, 17, I think, there was a series of axe murders in a place called Villisca, Iowa, that was never solved. Like, nobody heard these murders going on. Multiple people were just massacred in their beds with, like, blows to the head. Really effective, really efficient. And there was, like, a drifter that had been reported in town or, like, the local, um, you know, uh, mental patient or whatever. A lot of, you know, small town yeah. uh, gobbledygook. And I would re- – I don't know why. I got stuck on that when I was on my way to um, Seattle with a friend a couple years back. And uh, and I just got really interested. I don't remember all the details, but I got really interested in how this never got solved. Because it was a very small town and because it was a very, like – brutal method of murder i would love to know i would love to know who who did that wow so you would go back and and just kind of hang out (laughs) i would wait yeah i would wait inside the house where where the murders first occurred and be like aha gotcha look at this wikipedia article i can now finish it (laughs) it was you benjamin harrison i knew it take a picture (laughs) i take a picture of him and he's permanently blinded from the flash because he hasn't seen anything brighter than like a single candle for 40 years of his life (laughs) Oh, see, if I was writing a screenplay of this, I would have it so like someone would go back in time to try to figure out who did the murder, and then someone, their friend, looks up the Wikipedia article in in uh, you know real time, and it's updated with their name as one of the <gasps> victims. Bum, bum, bum. Bob, Bob, holy shit! What are you making podcasts for, man? <laughs> Twas the best of times. Twas the blurst of times. <laughs> oh no, I'll never be a writer. Um. <laughs> Uh, 70. No, we're through the 70s. Oh, 79. Whoa. 80. And only ever... two hours in. <laughs> <laughs> Making wonderful time. Uh, don't tell, <laughs> don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, 80. Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? Yeah, I think, I don't know how dramatic it is, but. I used to be like completely not a morning person. I don't know that I still am, but in the last few years, I've found myself just getting really tired by the end of the day. Like I'll go to bed at eight 30 and I feel like I'm 60 years old. So I decided to, rather than fight that, I decided to lean into it and be like, okay, I can get up really early. I can get up at five 30 or six and I can do my things. I talked about having like long walks that has really changed how I approach every day. I find myself with somewhat more energy throughout the day. I find myself somewhat more focused than if I had just woken up five minutes before my morning meeting, you know, Mm. um, I get, you know, more steps in for the day. If I walk my dog, he gets more steps in. He's looking a lot more trim, uh, and his joints are doing better and all that. Like a lot of benefits from a very, like ultimately very simple thing that I've found myself like, uh, having some ease doing it's not for everybody, you know, uh, not many people I know get up as early as I do when I'm, you know, at my age. Um, but, uh, I, it's just been, it's had a really measurable, weirdly measurable impact when I thought it'd just be like a better way to get things done in the morning. It's like, now I have a routine. Now my body and my mind both get started at the same time. 
uh, instead of me rolling out of bed and getting a shower and getting in the car, rolling out of bed and sitting down at my computer, I now have like a process, something that I can attach my whole regimen to, so to speak. I don't, I still don't like plot it out by time. I still don't like, uh, you know, measure my calories or anything. I'm not that disciplined about it, but just like, Hey, I'm up this early anyway. I'm just gonna make do with it. Like, I'm not going to sit, sit in bed looking at Twitter for the next hour and a half. Yeah, might as well maximize your minutes. That's all. Hey. Uh, well, a nice little alliteration there. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that was going to be my first Weezer album, but then I decided to pick up Green instead. <laughs> uh, they would make some cool cover art with the M's me- like mixing together. The M's turning into a W or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... 81 what game show past or present would you love to be a contestant on hmm i think it could have been really fun to be on family feud with my family uh we're all we get both from my mom and my dad that we're all kind of smart asses but we just have varying degrees of showing it so like people on at home watching it would be like oh that's jason he's got something to prove he's always like being i mean as much as you can really learn that in a single episode of family feud he's like he's got something to prove he's got to be the smart smartest one in the room or like oh phoebe is you know she's the the calm cool collected one she's got like a lot of smarts and she doesn't really show it kind of thing or she doesn't like brag about it um i feel like we could have a fun dynamic uh but again that's like not today me um Mm. i could i could have fun i could have fun on jeopardy i would lose but i'd have fun I've tried to be on Jeopardy. It's uh, really what? What was that process like? Uh, I've actually I've tried to be on a lot of game shows. <laughs> there was one <laughs> point in college I just tried to be on every game show possible. Really? Um, so yeah, Jeopardy is just an online quiz, but it's timed in which uh, you literally have like, I believe it's twenty seconds, might be thirty. Uh, to like read the question and type out the question, and whatever oh. is in that box at the end of the 20 or 30 seconds that's submitted as your answer so interesting uh, and then it just immediately moves to the next question so it's like your mind is absolutely racing and it's only like a five minute ten minute test if right ten minute would be too long uh five minute test <laughs> uh so yeah it, it is difficult and then i believe from what i've heard they only really contact people in the top you know x percentile of that test right the ken jennings the yeah. uh the big computer or whatever that did it a few years back. Uh, yep, you're telling me you couldn't computer. beat a computer, Bob. <laughs> you know, I tried, I pushed it around a little bit. It wasn't having none of my BS. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, keep, keep trying. You're only, you're, you're still in the uh, first half of your life. Give it, give it another try sometime. I'm, I'm going to try. They, they do, the, yeah. they do the tests every six months or so. I, I always sign oh, up. Nice. I'm, a, I'm all, all about it. Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> what are these days uh 82 what's a quote that you love uh i don't know if i love it so much as i'm just thinking about it right now i feel like i'm couching my answers in a lot of those but um one that so i just finished like less than a week ago i watched the anime it's a 1985 anime film called uh, night on the galactic railroad and Great it's about name. i've never heard of it it is <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not, you know, it's not a super well-known, like, you know, a Ghibli or, uh, you know, uh, whatever other, I guess nothing really is on the same <laughs> level of Ghibli. Uh, but it's a really sad, weird movie uh, that 
is just visually very interesting um and like it, it's it's about two cat children basically anthropomorphic cats who sort of discover themselves uh on a night on the galactic railroad sort of polar express like they're whisked away to the ends of the earth uh and one of them never comes back sort of thing now i won't tell you which one um but uh there's a quote in there as they're passing through like it's a series of vignettes and there's a there's a quote about like your lasting legacy and who remembers you that kind of thing Mm. and the quote is at least as translated in the version i watched was in my next life don't let me waste myself and it's like what sick sad sweetness to be like to have to have the foresight to think okay i'm going to get to come back but somebody will remember me i will i will be i will be i will have enough of a presence i have enough of a sense of identity that somebody will recognize me and they will be able they will be there to guide me they will be my confidant in the future and that's sort of maybe a literalistic interpretation but when i think about that i'm like man that's such if I could delude myself like that, I would probably have a much happier life, right? In all honesty, like it's it's a sad quote. It's in context. It's it's heartbreaking. But I, that, that stuck with me. Wow. Yeah, it is extremely powerful. I can totally see why. Um, but yeah, eighty three. What is a nice? I like the dichotomy here. Eighty three. What's the best shirt you own? <laughs> after you've just had an uh, existential discussion about your <laughs> lasting legacy and reincarnation and then it grows right into uh, you got any good pains <laughs> well no if this is i know you said that the uh paranormal question is the one that you're really glad to get like an enthusiastic yes on i have an enthusiastic yes for this one it is far and away uh so uh carrie hilliard Sister of Kyle Hilliard, uh, former Game Informer editor and current cohort with MinMax and streamer, uh, host of the Game Informer podcast, games journalist emeritus, uh, Kyle Hilliard. Uh, his sister is a designer and cosplayer, and she has for sale on her store a shirt uh, that is, it is the word anime in the Seinfeld logo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that's it is the, so it is the good. Most, it is the most millennial like post postmodern goofy <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And as soon as I saw it go up in the internet, I was like, I have to own one of those. And I wore it and I wore it and I wore it. And it's literally like, it's all faded now and it's super comfortable because I've worn it so much and it's ripping and stuff. I just bought a new one to replace it. Cause she still got them up for sale, but man, I cannot advocate for that enough. I am the only person I know who bought one. I don't know what kind of sales she's had around the world, but every time that somebody sees it and like pays attention to it, they're like, they either laugh or they ask me where I got it. And that's just the best feeling. I might have to join you in owning that shirt. That's I will send so you good. a link because, <laughs> Oh man, it's so much fun to see people's reactions. Oh, that's phenomenal. It's complete bewilderment, right? Like two things that have nothing to do with each other. And it's just, they work so fucking well. It all, it gets second, like second looks. It gets uh, the double takes. I love it. Oh, that's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, 84. Would you change your middle name? No. Um, I, I thought about it as a kid. I thought about like, what would I want to be called? But no, I, I'm named after an uncle I never got to meet, unfortunately. Um, so I feel like a bit of personal responsibility to, to hold on to that, uh, even though I never knew the person. And, uh, and it's just sort of now like, I don't know, part of me. Nobody calls me Jason Todd. Nobody calls me Todd. Nobody ever references my middle name like that. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. It's a name that carries a certain amount of, and I apologize for the blueness, but a certain amount of douchiness, 
right? Like most people knew a Todd in college and fucking hated him. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I'm like, you know, if I can be if I can be the anti Todd Todd, I'll hang on to it. <laughs> That's great. And Jason Todd, I believe, a uh, uh, known Robin in the Batman canonical yeah. comic book story. So uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, a lot going for I'm you. I'm not enough of a comic book nerd to have known that right off the top of my head, but I have like many people have come up to me and said like once they find out my middle name, they're like, oh, like Jason Todd, and I'm like, well, yeah, like my first and middle names. <laughs> um, <laughs> The other the other thing I get is my twin brother's name is Alexander. So you have Jason Alexander and it's like and people asked us still will ask us to this day like are you named did you did your mom name you after the actor Jason Alexander? And we're like do you think we're named after George Costanza? <laughs> is that a thing that you honestly think? It might come uh, up more with that anime Seinfeld with, shirt though. <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. They're like uh hey is your brother's name Alexander? Yeah, well uh no um uh yeah, I uh that's it's it's a strong it's a strong middle name i think i I, one thing that i always worried about was getting either nicknamed jt or jd neither of which i like but nobody has ever defaulted to that nobody ever calls me jt nobody ever calls me jd i'm happy with that yeah yeah i i I would definitely prefer the full name if i if i had one of those easily shortenable ones like Mm -hmm. hey i got a name yeah you know unfortunately unfortunately your name is bob buell unfortunately nothing nothing clever or smart to do with two names that start with b no absolutely nothing nobody (laughs) nobody look into it uh let's see 85 what's a good impression you can do we gotta stay with the seinfeld we got we what what, what's the deal with seinfeld What's the deal with this shirt that says anime on it? This is, this is copyright infringement. I'll have you DCMA'd. Oh my God. <laughs> Mr. Seinfeld, it's an honor <laughs> to have you yeah, on I don't here. know. I don't know where this guy came from. <laughs> he, he, I, he I'll shoot him out the, the microphone quick. there and just <laughs> ran off. He ran <laughs> off into a billion dollar <laughs> mansion. <laughs> uh, oh love it. Uh, 86, is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? Uh, yeah, I have a number of tattoos already. I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six tattoos all on my arms. And, and I thought about getting one, well, two, uh, I thought about getting one from Kill I Kill, uh, because I was really, really into that. Uh, and I was like, if I can think about it for two weeks and it doesn't seem like a bad idea, it's a good idea. And at the end of that two weeks, I was like, "Mm, maybe not. Uh, the other one was, I really like the band Wolfpack and I feel like a certain amount of hipster ownership of them because I listened to them earlier in their career and now they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and I thought like they have a pretty distinctive V for their logo. And I thought, what if I got one of those? But then it's like a band is a group of people and people can be shitty. And I don't know that I'd want to be like marked by that forever. It's like why I didn't get a Harry Potter one. Uh, mm. And wouldn't ever because J.K. Rowling is just like a kind of a cesspool of a yeah, human. Yeah, you would have regretted yeah. that this year. I would have regretted that pretty heavily, Oof. right? Uh, and as much as I like my tattoos, and as 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 much as I've enjoyed choosing and getting them, I would hate to have to get one, pay for it, and then have it covered up later just because like something out of my control happened. So, bit of ass covering, but uh, but yeah, kill a kill. I don't think anybody would get it. It'd be just for me, which is fine. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I want to associate myself with something that I need to explain for 20 minutes before anybody actually understands. Yeah, true. Oh, very cool. Uh, 87. How would you describe your 16-year-old self? Um, 
insufferably uh, edge lordy uh mm. and and probably if not outright like racist adjacent probably at least problematic um mm. i was very much i was very much uh you know i grew up in small towns across michigan and indiana sort of and in the south and it's like i didn't have you know, I I had a sense of decency and goodness instilled by me, instilled in me by my parents. But as far as like uh, social role models, people my age who were doing things, I didn't sometimes choose the best of them. Um, so mm. I I never like you know joined any groups that had suspicious ties or anything. But like anybody, you know, I enjoyed the offensive humor in something like Family Guy or like calling people names that were really inappropriate to call them. Um, I consider it an element of like, I'm better now, but like, if it was ever there, there's still something to work out. Um, so prop, I, I don't even like to think about 16 year old me, let alone would I ever want anybody to meet 16 year old <laughs> me. I, but that being said, I think it, it shows a tremendous hindsight on your part that you are able to recognize that and want to better yourself. I think that's, you know, if there's any goal to have. That's the one, right? Like, sure. I I try not to pat myself on the back about it, but uh, like at least I can look and say, man, I'm not so much that person anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, 88, what is the worst injury you've ever had? Uh, I had a concussion uh, when I was, again, like early tweens. Um, my sister and I, my older sister and I, uh, were in my dad's medical office. He had my family or my mom and dad had just invested in having his own building for his medical practice. Um, but like on a very DIY basis, like not spending a whole lot to get it up and running. And yeah. so we were there, we were there helping clean it out and like lay new carpet and terrible carpet and stuff. And, uh, and this place has, you know, not, not cushy floors. It's concrete with a thin layer of, of, um, of carpet on top. And she's showing me judo moves that my dad has taught her. And she, she grabs my wrists and says, here's how you, like, you can take somebody down if you can get their wrists. And I'm like, yeah, show me. She grabs my wrists and sweeps my legs. And that's the last thing I remember. Uh, and then for the next, like, six hours, apparently, I was just, like, I was in and out of crying. And I was in and out of uh, sort of, I, I never lost consciousness completely. But I was, like, clearly not all there because I kept, like, asking where mom was. And she was right there. Or like what time it was, and I like they would tell me every thirty seconds, uh, and then I remember waking up at the hospital after my mom was like, "Yeah, you've you've got a concussion, sweetie." <laughs> wow, uh, that's that's not the worst of it, like pain I've ever felt, but it is probably the most like the closest thing to a serious injury I've had. See, Dan the Beast Severin taught judo <laughs> and led to your downfall here. It yeah, all that it, guy. It all he's my together. nemesis. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, he's he's old now. He I might. I know seven? I couldn't take him down, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> uh, that guy has a tremendous mustache, by the way. I don't know if you've seen right? him semi recently, but even today, a... he looks. He looks like he he shows his age. Yeah, but he does not look terrible, and no. his mustache abides. If you know <laughs> what I mean, it's still there. <laughs> still looks like he could punch a car. And stop it. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's a tough ombre right there. Uh, 19, uh, 19. What year is this? 
uh, 89. Wow, if we had to go back all the way to 19, can you imagine? <laughs> We'd this, be here for no less than six hours. This is a shoots and ladders type podcast where if you hit a specific square <laughs> at the end, we go right back to question one. Oh, and he brought up Dan's uh, mustache, and ooh, ooh, we're back at 15. The trigger slide was Dan Severn's mustache. <laughs> we hit it, we go back. Those are the rules. Uh, oh, Christ. 89, what is a habit of yours you want to break? I crack my knuckles a lot. Uh, it It's not like it's had any like permanent visible or, or like uh, physical damage that I can tell, but... Mm. I, I once did it so much in a work meeting at my previous job that my boss stopped the meeting of like 10 people in this meeting and said, stop that. Oh, <laughs> like, no. just stop. Uh, and I didn't even realize, I don't think anybody else was that, uh, uh, I guess, sensitive to it, but she was, she was really upset. Uh, and that was when I was like, okay, I need to be more conscious of this. I need to try to limit it. And now that I'm working from home, it's just, I mean, I haven't been doing it so much on here cause I'm super conscious of when I'm recording. Mm. Uh, but like any given day, it's just a symphony of popping and cracking off my <laughs> of my fingers. Wow, fascinating, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninety. Have you uh, home stretch here already? Already. Uh, have you already. ever? <laughs> have you ever lied on your resume? Yes. Uh, not this most recent one because I actually like I have a little bit of expertise and experience in the things that I. Uh, that I know I can do for, for money, but starting out. Yeah. Um, I said that I had Photoshop skills when the only version of, when the only thing I had ever done in Photoshop was remove the background using a pirated version of Photoshop CS six, uh, <laughs> remove the background from an image of, I think my then, no, I swapped faces of a picture of my then partner and like a creepy doll that they had. I used Photoshop to do that. And then I was like, Hmm, that's probably a valuable, like marketable skill. I'll put Photoshop in the skills section. <laughs> uh, I mean, there there are a number of ways that I've lied on on resumes, but like it's you can lie on resumes. It's okay. Like <laughs> uh, it's 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 as long as you have the show the capability of learning. Lying on a resume is not as big a deal as you might think. Generally, um, you know, I wouldn't say that I know how to speak Swahili because I have zero familiarity with the language, (laughs) but I can say that I have, you know, elementary proficiency in a program I've used once. Right. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I think that's good advice for people. Genuinely. (laughs) Uh, 91. Have you ever punched someone in the face? Uh, no, not intentionally. Um, me and my brother, me, well, me and my twin brother would, you know, when we were younger, we would occasionally wrestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one time actually that I got hit in the face and didn't even notice that I had lost a tooth until after we got up and I saw, and we like saw the blood and saw the tooth. Oh, it was a baby no. tooth. So it was like, it was probably on its way out anyway. But, um, like I've, I've always wanted to though, Bob, I've always wanted to be, just be able to let loose on somebody that I really cannot stand. Um, it's, it's again, like a toxic trait to just want and crave violence and something that's totally not inherent to the human experience does not need to be part of your emotional state. But I just, in terms of wanting to feel that adrenaline rush, I figure punching somebody in the face, punching like a white supremacist, punching a Nazi, punching somebody who's, you know, counter protesting at a BLM protest. It's got to feel real good, right? Like I see videos of that happening on the internet and I'm not like, I'm not like going to disaster tourist and say like, man, I wish it was there so I could do that. But like, 
if I were there and I did that, I would feel really, really good for for a long while. Yeah, very true. <laughs> uh, 92. Would you ever go to a nude beach? Not alone. Uh, I, I feel like somehow having someone else there with me, whether it's a friend or a partner, I feel like would give me some accountability and some comfort. Um, I guess this is a question that's kind of an easy layup for a joke answer, but, <laughs> but I don't really, I don't really, I don't really have one. Uh, I've, I've like considered the question before and I have no, like, I, I have no direct and the wrong word for it is prudish, but like uh knee jerk reaction against it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I would never think to do that on my own. Like, again, it's like, like a theme park. Am I going to go to a theme park or am I going to go fishing? Am I going to go to a new beach or am I just going to go fishing? It's like, I'm going fishing. <laughs> Nude beach, uh, fishing, or beating up Dan Severn. Your options are there. <laughs> I do. Mm, is this a follow-up question? Do I have to choose one? <laughs> no, no, fuck, no. Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> I marry the fish. I find somebody willing to consensually fuck on the nude beach, and I try to kill Dan B- Danny B. Severn. He kills me. But my life is complete because I got to marry a fish and uh, and have sex on a nude beach. In that order. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> uh, 93. Somehow not the realist question here. Uh, when was the last time you cried? Oh, I answered earlier that uh, that like the closest I came to crying recently was that song by that, Pup. Oh, which... it was. Okay. Yeah, when I, when I think back to it. Uh, that's, that's probably it. Um, I did have a few times, you know being emotionally vulnerable and available means, uh, you know, letting emotions rise to the surface that you wouldn't if you were alone. Um, but in my really in previous relationships, I have, I guess would have been like 2017, 2018, uh, you know, breakups and arguments and, uh, and even happy times. Yeah, yeah of course. Probably. I'm, I'm going to say summer 2018, probably. There you go. Ah, uh, the summer, <laughs> mm, the time, time for weeping and crying. <laughs> As it's known. Uh, 94, what's something you've done and will probably never do again? Watch three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you about like uh, Harry Mackin and I went to see that movie at the Uptown Theater here in Minneapolis. Well-known institution. I hope it survives the pandemic. But we saw it uh, near release, maybe a couple weeks after. And there was a woman. Um, middle-aged woman sitting alone in front of us and she asked us what we thought about the movie before it started she's like what did you hear whatever we were like oh we don't really know what to think uh movie finishes she's silent the whole time movie finishes and she turns around and she's like man that movie was kind of shit huh (laughs) (laughs) and we were like wow i am so because i was i had been worrying about how i was going to talk about the movie with this woman i didn't know if she was the target audience i didn't know if she liked it but it was so nice that she turned around and said like man this fucking sucked right Uh, that was that was a great relief um so yeah i I, there are probably a lot of things in my life that I've done that I would never do again, either by choice or by limitation. Uh, that is one definitely by choice. I would never watch that again. I love it. I love, I love it because I've only ever heard like moderate to praise for that movie. So. I know it didn't it like win a gold. I think it went like won a golden globe. I, I know that Francis right. McDormand got something out of it. And yeah. it's like the, 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 the people on the ground with that movie, the, uh, the, the like actual executors of the vision, Stellar performances. Unfortunately, god awful characters, evil people in like a really bad, uh, a bad story. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, not not my favorite movie. We'll say. Uh, 
Hey, I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, 95, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Uh, in mid-2019, there was a rash of people. I don't know what I did at that time, but there was a rash of people that I'd never met um, who stopped me to tell, and it was just like over the course of a summer or fall, who stopped me to tell me that I looked like Robert Downey Jr. Oh. And... Personally, I i mean, nobody ever sees these things in themselves, or at least they say they don't. I truly don't see any Robert Downey Jr. in myself, uh, but I, I will still occasionally get that. Um, it, you know, right now, my face is covered, well, not right now, but these days, my face is covered half by a mask, appropriately, mm. so it's not like I'm getting that very much. But that, it's, I'll tell you what, Bob, I know that you haven't had the opportunity a whole lot in your life, but like, when somebody compares you to somebody that you know how they look, and you know that they look good, and it's going to happen, and you're going to feel so good. Uh, it is it is a confidence boost for the whole. Like it was uh, security. I went to um, I went to Coheed and Cambria show. I was front row nice. for Coheed and Cambria last last summer, and the the guy at uh, security told me that I looked like Dwight Downey Jr. And I'm like, wow, all right. And I went to Cub, a, a, a grocery store up here, and a woman just in an aisle told me. You look a lot like Robert Downey Jr. And I'm like, well, thank you. I don't know what to say to that. No, like, no, I don't. <laughs> How dare you, madam? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> That's tremendous. Uh, yeah. Uh, 96. Tell me a joke. I'm going to hate myself. Um, Bob, did you hear the one about the airplane? Oh, uh, what's up? Ah, no, it went over your head. Ooh, you know. I so hate, 97, right? <laughs> yeah, I hate to end it after 96, but. <laughs> we got uh, all this way, but. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. I love a good. Uh, I love a good joke. That's actually, retroactively, that's my pickup line one, too. Oh, a little <laughs> double, a- I say. All right. Yes, yes. Two geese and one stone. What's the phrase? That's not it. <laughs> Are you a Minnesotan? <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've revealed my identity. I'm a fake New Jerseyan. I just keep up on pork roll facts for the show. Uh, 97. Ooh, 97 used to be a question that I wrote that just not very good. Uh, so now, 97 is the listener question of the week. Uh, if anyone has any questions they might want featured on the show... Uh, send it to me, 99questionspod at Twitter or at gmail.com. Um, but you know what? I used <laughs> this uh, this uh, wonderful gentleman, Flamin' Queso. Uh, he actually was question of the week last uh, show. And I hate to, I don't want it to go to his head. But this is too good of a question. I actually want to really hear the answer for. Uh, so the community question uh, this week from Flamin' Queso. Thank you, Queso. If you could be transported into any place and time to see any band live in concert, which band and what time would you go? It would be, oh, I forget the years. It's the late 70s, like 76, 77. I would want to see the Doobie Brothers with both Jeff Skunk Baxter uh, and Michael McDonald. That that transitionary period before Skunk left the band mm. must have just been a 
powerhouse musically. There are live performances of them on the internet, but like it was pretty contentious. I, I don't need to go into the lore of doobies, but like they had one singer, then he uh, like he had health issues, then they brought in Michael McDonald that ushered in a whole new era for the band. But there's a midway point there. There's like a gray area where they were jamming, where they were performing, where they were trying new material. I would love to be in that in that audience. Wow. That's a on know, brand answer if any if I give one. And I'm trying to do the quick math in my head. That might be when my mom went to this show. <laughs> <gasps> no. You okay. might have just you... uh, reached the singularity <laughs> here. We <laughs> The Bob's Mom Doobie Brothers Event Horizon. <laughs> oh, the worst spin-off of that movie possible. Man, what a wild movie too. Oh. But, uh, that is a great question. Thank you, Flaming Queso, for for that question because uh, I I know Flaming Queso is a regular um, supporter of Minmax and Mintracks and yes. uh, often submits questions and songs. You're making the show better, fellas. Thank you so much. He really is. He is. We we always call him in the in the Discord uh, for Minmax. We call him uh, the number one cheerleader for everyone's projects because any anything anyone does. He's like the first guy to be like, this was amazing. I listened to the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. I gave it a That's thumbs great. up. He's, he's always on board. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so Man, those people are just the best, I got to say. Doing a heck of a job out there. I love it. Uh, question 98. Here we go. What made you want to be who you are today? <sighs> it's not... Maybe not the realest question, but I'm going to give the realest answer. I think it is. I think it was my twin brother. Um, like I said, growing up, he was much more extroverted than I was. He has pursued a career in the arts, in acting and voiceover. He was in an episode of Dragon Ball Super, if you can believe Whoa, it. Oh, uh, cool! It was. I don't mean to fluff him up too much. It was sort of. It was like he was one of the uh, shouts, like when somebody gets thrown back. Uh, he was like that voice for one of the characters. But it's re- like it, it fucking monumental yeah that's a uh, milestone show yeah he's he's met goku like he's met the voice of goku and that fucking i'm so jealous of that and like i said it's a little bit like i try not to be competitive but i feel like when we were uh young it was a hard time um not comparing myself to him as as a twin you know i it's not like solid snake and uh and liquid snake where like i got all the recessive genes so i have to be the evil one but it's like i i felt like when i got better at things uh he was like it it, it was because i was working harder to be a little bit closer to his overall uh extroversion and like social sociability and you know skill like i picked up bass uh, i love playing the bass I played bass because he played bass and I wanted to learn how to play bass too. Um, uh, you know, we've, we've, we fed each other's passions and interests growing up. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that is more than anything what pushed me to like finally discover what was, what I was really interested in, in doing it for a career and what I was interested in learning and who I was interested in being, uh, was like, I can't be him. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to be myself clearly. Uh, but I'm, but I still had to define that in terms of who who he was because it was like a great model for that. Oh, that, uh, that's he, phenomenal. He might, he might never he might never listen to this if I don't tell him about it. So uh, I think that's it's comfortably under the radar for him. Um, but if he does, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll find that true. I love it. I love it. But we are at the top of the mountain here in question ninety nine. What do you want to be remembered for? 
I guess um very basic but I I guess for being a a good person for not making people's lives worse, you know? I'm not I don't put a whole lot out into the world despite the things that I help create uh with with the aid of some incredible folks like yourself, but and you know that that will impact those various things impact different people in different ways. But just like that, I was not a person who sided with the wrong people who, who inherently had a desire to be and indulge the worst parts of, of himself and the world around him. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of experience and a lot of learning experiences with friends who uh, are a lot smarter than I am, a lot more emotionally mature than I am, I guess, uh, at, 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 I, I, I guess I'm I'm driving my sentence into the ground here, but just like that, I was a good person. That I was good to the people around me, even if I didn't have a great reason to be. Um, yeah. I I think that is what a lot of people should be uh, looking to be remembered for, and I can tell you right now that you have done a wonderful thing for absolutely no reason whatsoever for being <laughs> on this show, and uh, from the bottom of my heart. Jason Daphnis, thank you so much for, for doing this. This was uh, incredibly fun, uh, even though I took up far too much of your time. <laughs> no, no, I took up too much of yours. You're asking 99 questions. I'm giving like thousands and thousands of words and answers. Uh, but before before we let you go, before you let me go, so your at is Bob B. Backwards, right? Correct. But Bob B. Backwards is not Bob B. It's Bob. This bothers me. How, how did you come around to Bob B. Backwards? Well, I want to say it was threefold, and uh, we can rank which <laughs> which one was most important uh, after the fact. Uh, one, uh, I think it helps that my name is, like, you know, if you shorten my last name, it's Bob B. It's mm-hmm, B-O-B-B, mm-hmm. B, and then the word backwards. So there's the three Bs in a row. Uh, secondly, I just kind of like the way it looks better. Uh, with the with the it extra does. B's in the middle, it's almost like a uh, uh, what what's the correct English? I'm so terrible at this. The ellipses, like a dot dot dot. It just oh it, yeah, it, it just kind of rolls a little bit better with three of the character in the middle. Uh, and then the third reasoning, I'm pretty sure just Bob backwards was taken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not as great of an answer on that one. So maybe pick one of the first two. Um, I, lo- I love that though. It's uh, it's a very it's awareness of your of your name and your brand. I guess that's that's wise. It, it's just like when I see Bob B backwards, I'm like, okay, so Bob B, but backwards would be Bob. What is is there anything to that? Like oh, like no. the actual pun. Sound- um, yeah, yeah. Like the pun doesn't actually work backwards. Maybe that's part of the bit. Maybe you're like on some surrealist humor shit, Bob. I am uh, Andy Kaufman. I don't know if I mentioned that previously. <laughs> um, so oh you- no, he's back. <laughs> And He's the back finally lands in pog form. <laughs> um, uh, no, I've truly never thought about that until this very moment. <laughs> All right. Well, now you won't be able to think about anything but that when you look at your username. All right. Well, let me go. Can I change? How do I change my, my usernames on all social medias? Good God. Who would have thought? Uh, Who would have thought we'd be here? Uh, 
Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. This is this has been a joy. I yeah. uh, I hope that you're able to clip some stuff from this because this is going to be a god awful experience for your listeners. Oh, this will be through three hours of me. This will be wonderful. I don't even think this will be the longest episode. So you're you're in good Ooh. company there. Um, wonderful. I think shoutouts to Adel Rafai, a, a wonderful Chicago uh, improvised uh, comedian uh, who who I think has the record of longest episode uh, as of now. But uh, I do want to give you the the forum here. If there's anything you want to plug, anything you want to promote, anything you want to uh, float into the ether of of the world here, uh, please. The, the the forum is exclusively yours. Ooh, uh, yeah. I'll make it quick. Um, first and foremost, I uh, make a podcast with three of my friends uh, called Try Love. You mentioned it earlier. We review and talk about movies uh, that play at the Trilon Cinema here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, we've built a really good relationship with those people, and we always have something fun to say about each of those movies. Uh, it's a little bit, I guess, more in depth than you might think. So uh, we're not really like a we hate movies or a flop house or anything. Um, but we do have great fun talking about the weird movies that play there. And then we also, of course, uh, I'm probably best known to your uh, community and audience as producer of Min Tracks, a music podcast from the Min Max uh, family of, of content. Um, go subscribe to us. We are a free podcast. And if you support Min Max at, I believe, any level, uh, you get to suggest questions for, uh, for the host and our guest to listen to. We publish, or excuse me, to read on air and answer. We publish once every two weeks on Fridays. Uh, look for that. Um, our next episode's coming soon. Uh, and just, I guess, be good. Well, that light is on one more time. And no, it doesn't mean that Dan the Beast Severn's in town and we need to hide in our safe rooms actually means it's last call so we need to figure out what we learned today we learned several new sexual euphemisms that you can just sprinkle throughout your everyday life like strumming the banjo lele mixing up your pork roll and taylor ham and my personal favorite stretching with japanese old folks those are gold we also learned that despite my promise to him that this episode is not going to be the longest, by 13 minutes, it is the longest episode we've ever done. Bravo. But I got to run, actually. I have a time machine all warmed up. I got to jump in and solve this murder. I got to go to a Doobie Brothers show. I got to high five my mom while I'm over there. It's a very busy schedule. But don't you worry your microwave corn dogs off. I will be back here in two weeks with another episode. So until then, thank you and good night. I'm giving you a bossa nova. Just, just go with it. Perfect. Uh, that that will definitely be clipped out for something. <laughs> I, I, I want that audio clip right there. That'll be the little Skeletor <laughs> after the credits.